Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, I swear it's the last show about Ultimate. I promise. For now, until the next Ultimate, this is the last show about Ultimate. Uh, this is week, it? It, I, I promise, I promise, it's three weeks in a row, and people are probably sick of it, but it's been such a huge topic, and it has been cleared. Uh, we don't have someone from the World First group here, as there's a language barrier. However, we do have an expert on to talk about his experience with the fight progression as a whole, and uh, at least where he's currently sitting in his progression. But we'll get into that in a second. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Pulver. I'm over, of course, joining me is Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. you, my boy, Blue. How you doing? I gotta go one more week of Ultimate. Time. No, because next week should be Rival Wings, and we could do a PvP show. That's and we can invite fun. Burn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, with World First having happened, we need to bring an expert in at this point. Sly and I can't keep talking about Ultimate from a point of perspective that we don't have. So we brought in an expert on World Prog, uh, someone who's been a guest on the show before. You all know him as Layla or Klops GG, whichever works. How you doing, Layla? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, I haven't cleared the fight, so I mean, expert, your word's not mine. I'm saying, think okay, relative to how many people are where you are, I'm going to say expert. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll go along. I feel um, I feel like that's fair. <laughs> I, I'm doing well, man. Fair. And uh, I'm happy that uh, you invited me on, and I hope we have a good show today. Uh, so just to be clear, anyone watching this live on Twitch, this is actually a pre-recording. Um, because it was kind of scheduling for this kind of happened kind of last minute, like trying to figure out exactly when we wanted to do it time-wise and day-wise... Um, decided to record it on a Monday, and it's going to be aired on Twitch on Tuesday. So we don't see any of you talking. If you're saying things and asking we're us questions, past. we're not there right now. I t Sly was so excited. I was like, Sly, you don't have to show up on Tuesday once we do this. We're good. I needed a break. He needed a break. This man needed a break. He's missed <sighs> only one episode because there was a show that him and I weren't on, and he, he, needs, he needs a break. He's, he's, that's two, remember, you've been on two more episodes to stay there on than I have, Sly. Don't forget that. I've missed three episodes total. Yeah, seniority. Yeah, he, I mean, by all, no, by all definition. Really. I know, really I mean, know. yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, by definition, yeah, you kind of do. All right. But it's, yeah. But, yeah, I know, we'll be on this topic yeah. forever if we start it. So, ultimate. It's been cleared. It has been cleared. At this, at the moment of in time right now, it has been cleared by two groups. Yes, and by the time the show actually airs, it may have been cleared by an additional group. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. But that's not what we're here to Crossing talk about. Crossing fingers. We'll get the. <laughs> we won't pry you too much on that since a lot of that last phase isn't super public. Um, only like bits and pieces of it actually are, and an FF logs. <laughs> from the world second group is all the information we really have yeah. but we will ask you about how that's going at some point but first sly how are you doing <laughs> how's your well, ultimate we're, frog we're consistently making it to nail that's good uh, for the for the times that i've been 
uh, and we've been as a complete static, we are consistently making it to nail, and it, it's fun. It's fun to say the least. Smile. Yeah. I, I finally got one more day to Prague. Like I got to do like mm-hmm. five hours, which I it's the first five hours I've done in a week and a half, and I've just seen the Quick March Trio pretty much, like consistently through nail to Quick March Trio, pretty much, and then I survived Twisters, but you know, we need everyone yeah. else to survive Twisters. Yeah. Otherwise, you need everyone to survive, period. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Layla, uh, where are you in the fight since uh, we have you on? Well, um, I, I I think most groups in, in our position right now are kind of all at the same place, and we have all been at the same place for probably the last better part of a week. So, you know, I don't really have a problem talking about it. Um, our group, and I'm sure at least three to four other groups are just currently banging our head against the enrage and trying to make the boss die and give us loot well i mean that's better than 99.999 percent of other people who are in the game so uh yeah i'd say it's pretty fair most of us kind of knew that already because if you if you really dig into the mentality of fold's memes yeah you can kind of decipher boss percentage based on that normally Yeah, normally I'm really hush-hush about, like, uh, where we were at in fights, but I, I really do kind of notice that it's pretty public knowledge where us and some of the other groups are at right now. Um, so, yeah, we've uh, seen the whole fight for a number of days now, and we're just trying to make the enrage. Man. All right. I'm going to ask one very simple question because I don't know the answer to it. Uh, I haven't looked at the FF logs very much for the World Second Group. How long is the fight? Because we've been having bets about this of whether it was like going to be like fifteen minutes, seventeen minutes. Um, I can tell you. I mean, I guess uh, higher the, or lower than seventeen minutes. Higher than seventeen minutes. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have a problem saying it because the logs are public and anyone. Who would still be in contention for a high-ranking kill would be able to put two and two together because it's simple arithmetic. You know, you finish nail, you finish Terra Flare at this point. I'll just add the remaining duration from the, the public logs. Uh, the entire fight duration is 18 minutes and 30 seconds. That's brutal. I mean, that includes times where things aren't attackable at the very least. Yes, uh, which mm. includes what, like, I guess 30 seconds of Phoenix included in there. So, it's about 30, yeah. Yeah, plus any... Well, I mean, tr- I guess that's really the only 30 seconds you have off, because, like... Not only, t- yeah, honestly, the, the machine gun style of the mechanics throughout the fight, really, Phoenix is the first rest break you actually have in the fight. You could argue that once you get really comfortable with the trios, a lot of those trios are kind of rest breaks. Like, uh, I pretty much get a, a quick little power nap every time Felrune trio happens. <laughs> Any, anytime heaven's fall trio happens you know you get like we get our we get our power naps in but once you start once you get to you know grand octet you sort of got to wake up a little bit and be like okay we're back i saw a grand octet strat that was interesting that involved an lp3 <laughs> oh yeah the angered the angered video that was really funny i uh was uh i, th- I thought it was it was very uh clever Oh, there's going to be something real funny it's, that you shared that I'm going to share on this episode at some point. Sure. You know ex- well, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Layla. I mean, there's a number of things you could be referring to right now, so... No, yeah. the, the <laughs> thing. The thing. The thing. Okay. And see, well, Sly is out of the loop because Sly doesn't know what the thing is. Okay, so, so I'm going to share this in our chat 
And uh, so here's uh, before I show this to you, Sly, because Layla's gonna know what I'm talking about immediately. Mm -hmm. Layla's comments were before this: if any of my non-Final Fantasy XIV friends <laughs> asked me what Final Fantasy XIV is like, I'd link them this GIF. And it is easily one of the greatest expl like I've 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 never been at a loss for words. I've never been able to see something in Final Fantasy XIV and go, oh well, it's because of you know the server tick didn't go or you know oh well it must have collided with the hitboxes on something else. Maybe that's still it, but I'm gonna copy the link to this tweet to you. I'm gonna share it in the chat and I'm gonna show it on screen, but I'm gonna need a minute to set it up. Is, would you call this a respite? Because <laughs> this is one of those trios that... Which which trio is this, by the way? Is this Felrune? That would know. be Ten Strike Trio. That's oh, that's the, Ten Strike. That's the right. fifth trio. It's, I guess, the final trio, if you don't consider Grand Octet a trio, which it really isn't. Yeah, Grand Octet is just like, hey, yeah, those guys disappeared however long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, Sly, so Sly has seen it now. <laughs> I mean, literally, the way Sly is responding... There is no other way to reply to, to this. <laughs> there, there's, there's quite simply no other proper response than, than his response right now. So can I pause this? I could take it off loop and then turn it on loop, I guess. Since it's a oh GIF. My God. Yeah. So, I feel bad about that tweet because... Um, so I, I got that GIF off of Reddit. and. Oh, did uh, you? Yeah, so I took it straight off of a Reddit post. It was, it was you know, really highly uploaded. Um, but I think there are a few people on my Twitter who think that that's my gift. It's not. That's not my gift. No, because that's not your character. That's not my character. No. Um, so I felt kind of bad, but uh, at the same time, it's just it's, it's comedic it's so gold. Funny. It's so funny. Like I had to share it. it I think it's funny because I feel like I've seen more than one source for this for this one specific mechanic. Uh -huh. um, oh, so God. this is Ten Strike Trio, which I don't think we had great footage of yesterday of, of uh, the last episode. But there's a point where hatch happens in two sets of three, basically targets three people, and then it hits them, and then it goes again, and they can't get hit twice in a row, or they're going to die. More or less, yeah, that's essentially what's happening. They get a, You get a debuff once you get hit by hatch. It's called, like, mana something or other, but basically it means you'll die from another hatch hit. Um, yeah. it, it's a mechanic that exists throughout, I think, all of regular Twintania phase as well. Um, it, but it never, the hatches are so far apart that it never yeah, matters. Never, it never comes into play. Mm -hmm. And also, the, you know, the debuff, uh, there are a few times in phase one of the fight where you have to maybe kite the orb a little bit longer to wait for your debuff to fall off. But there's, it's never an issue, uh, really. Uh, this is the first time where... Oh, it's not really... an issue. Oh, okay. Well, it's, well usually, it's usually not an issue. Um, it's never... Oh, well, something else is an issue because it seems to really have a homing effect. So... I have it. I have it on the screen now. This this is what Claude. A kid. Is this Momo's group or is this a different group? Or Mo, no, uh, I don't. I don't know which group that is. I didn't okay. actually see what group it is. All right. Well, credit to, to Claude Achille because it's his because it's his character perspective uh, for this. Oh God! Now it's playing an ad. Hold on, I gotta mute the the thing. Also, apparently, when you click loop, it doesn't do anything, so I'll just refresh it. There you go. So it gets hit by the first one, someone goes to intercept the second one, and uh, that hatch was having none of that, and... <laughs> it's so you know, we, we were trying to, like, wrap our heads around it, like, what caused that? And honestly, the only answer really is, sometimes the game just wins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought, too, because... I saw this one, and I saw, oh, well, he got Meteor Streamed right as the second hatch. Did it, like, collide with Nail's hitbox and, like, try to go around it? I don't know. But I, then I, I saw someone else. I saw a different. this happened to a different group. 
and nailed wasn't meteor streaming them at the same time and it still happened yeah so. i mean there there's there's definitely an answer buried in there somewhere i don't see it right away and i i much i much prefer the more funny rhetoric of the game just did not want to care oh. about you the game wins the game wins game wins Okay, so we've taken some time to unwind a little bit, dig dig into the topic, but uh, I think we need we need to talk about your opinion on the fight as a whole. We can't pry you much for the last phase. So, I, I guess your my my overarching opinion of of just this fight in general. Yeah, like just emotion by emotion, and if I need to, I can reference. Uh, folds folds tweet that he made his 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 twit long and get a long tweet longer yeah yeah and if and sly if you have anything you want to throw in at any point just throw it in because you you got a long way to go yourself we both have a long way to go i'm seven minutes into the fight you're like four minutes into the fight so so i mean the best way to approach this question is really just to start from the top with twintanya and nail um that's you know i know those two right well and you guys will be able to relate to this so this for this is great um when we first zoned into Ultimate, you know, looking back on it, how naive we were. I mean, it's just, I'm, myself as a Raider right now is not the same individual as myself when I first zoned into Twintanya. That is, that is so true for anyone who's progressed this fight for more than a week. Um, we have really gotten back to some of the days of old that uh, um, we have, you know, Square Enix really actively trying to make our lives miserable instead of making them, you know, a better place. Uh, I think that um, when you when you first do your first learning polls on Twintanya, um, things, things, still, things still feel in your control and uh, they're very manageable. It feels, you know, it feels savage, I would say. It's probably around the difficulty of like a savage encounter uh, in terms of pacing. Um, the mechanics are pretty easy to dissect. However, you know, the pacing of them, they're coming at you at pretty much a savage pacing. Um, I think it's really, uh, you know, and Twin's been streamed to death hundreds and hundreds and probably even up to a thousand times at this point. Um, everyone knows what happens. You know, you dodge your twisters, you stack for your fireball, you do your hatches, you make sure your hatches don't cleave anybody. And that's, you just, it's just a rinse repeat for three narrow links. Um, then you get to Nail, and I think Nail was where they first show you what kind of fight this is going to be when a heaven's fall comes down and not even one second later he's throwing five raven's claws into your tank that is when you first start to experience the pacing that this fight is going to be dishing out um and that's definitely probably what makes this fight uh difficult at times just the insane pacing of it um the nail mechanics and the twintani mechanics it's they're all mechanics that we're familiar with yeah you know, mm-hmm. historically uh, I would say the exception is maybe Doom and, and the Holy Dragon. Well, no, I disagree, because that's the equivalent of the dragon that comes down of, during Heaven's right. Fall. So it's basically similar to the Grote Twists yeah. from, from the yeah. original Nail. Uh, it's, they're just kind of, from, you could just consider them reskin. It, yeah. it really is kind of the same thing. And, 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 uh, a, and a big explosion to come with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think, for, for all intents and purposes, it behaves pretty much the same way as the original Twin and the original Nail, just with a much faster pace and uh, more dragons diving at you. Um, you know, once once you've seen all of Twin and Nail, you really start to feel like in control, like, wow, you know, I can do this. Uh, this is this is manageable, you know? I haven't seen anything I can't do yet. Uh, it's really just, it feels like we can really make some good progress on Bahamut. Let's, let's, 
Let's make that nailed DPS check, and then let's make some good prog on Bahamut, guys. And that, I think, is where you could, you, could, you could make the comparison of, like, that was my childhood, and now my childhood is dead. Um, <laughs> and back to Tontania. <laughs> and back to Tontania. And then, I mean, now, yeah, you relive your childhood about a thousand times in one day. But yeah. Now, now before we, we go any further, uh, I want to get your thoughts on the the whole nail RP mechanic, so to speak. Because uh, it's, it's, it's the first time that like I've seen something where you really have to pay attention to what like you you can easily you can easily um you know, tunnel and not pay attention to what they're saying because I've never really had to pay attention to what they actually say. Mm-hmm. And now we have to, now we have to have like ACT triggers and everything to kind of, you know, you know, make sure we don't tunnel. What did you think of, of the RP mechanic when you first saw it? Yeah. So I, I actually completely uh, forgot even about that. I, so I apologize that that is something that's unique, I think to the ultimate um, in the sense that, you know, the mechanics that are coming out during our, things that we've seen before but mm-hmm. never they're not we never we had to deal with like an rp mechanic like you're like you're saying uh what i what it told what it tells me really is this is their their public announcement that they are um completely understanding of the fact that the majority of their raid scene uses a the third party program act i think that this is this is their like their their you know, public validation of, hey, uh, we know what you guys are doing. Um, let's let's uh, let's intertwine fight design here with with what you guys are uh, currently have at your disposal. And mm-hmm. while that probably isn't their main intent when they're making that mechanic, like oh, let's make a mechanic where they're forced to alt tab to ACT and make triggers. Um, it's just something that they, I'm sure that they're aware of and they know that most readers are going to do. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, I don't think that ACT is necessarily a requirement for it, but man, it sure allows you to focus better on other stuff happening. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, so a lot of people don't know this because a lot of people weren't who, who were playing today weren't around in the, the really, really old days when Turn 9 Savage came out. Um, but it, in turn nine Savage, we had to do something a little bit similar um, before the fight was quote unquote nerfed. Um, when I, they, people say nerfed, Is I the say thunder nerfed. thing. Yes, there was a there was a double thunder bug in the very early stages of turn nine Savage, like literally the, the first few weeks it was released, um, where the only way to get through the mechanic was to read your combat log, um, because what would happen is is nail would send out two thunders very similarly to how nail does in ultimate you know sends out two thunders you have to split those two players up uh and one of them was a fake and one of them was real so an an easy way to deal with the mechanic was to identify which one was real and which one was fake and the only way to do that was to uh read the combat log and see which thunder listed first in the combat log because it was always the first one that was the real one um so i personally fold and i you know we, we're people who have been allowed been around since the old days we thought it was kind of funny or at least i thought it was funny that once again during a nail encounter we're reading our chat log to get through mechanics um but yeah i, I don't think there's any serious group right now that doesn't have triggers for every single nail mechanic and uh that doesn't just or every single mechanic 
<laughs> well, we'll we'll get to maybe some of that later. But, um, <laughs> the one the one thing I can say about all this, just in some in summation, is that uh, the the designers of this fight, and strictly speaking, the main designer of the fight, um, is well aware that people are going to be use use ACT to get through his mechanics, and uh, he put in a lot of stuff for us to track. Now, does this speak to um, general, you know, PVE in the game when we're talking about like designers putting in stuff that they know we're going to use ACT for? And do you think that this um, kind of, you know, tells us that something might happen from the developer standpoint that, you know, they're saying, hey, we realize you're using ACT and hey, we're, we're probably going to do something to we're probably going to give you offer you a um tool i a, a, yeah a separate tool so to speak a official quote-unquote tool so to speak at this point they might as well make act official right Just make it officially unofficial but uh, i PS4 can't say people sure. yeah that obviously that's yeah obviously that's where the conversation goes right it's you know mm -hmm. if they're aware of this they're obviously you know for all intents and purposes okay with it or are they gonna do anything on their end about it um yeah. i can't say for sure i think that we we have not seen the last of their of their hud updates so to speak uh i fully expect the game to uh grow in user accessibility rather than decline over the years mm -hmm. so you know with, with every expansion we're probably going to have more user-friendly interaction with the hud and the ui and the game itself so uh i would not be surprised at all if they keep keep the heading down the trend of aiding players in combat you know we have we have the job gauges now which are there for nothing else other than making our lives easier to, to track certain things even though some except players, for some jobs they added something yeah, just so yeah. you could have yeah. to track it and i and then honestly it's at that uh at the beginning you know the uh, astrologian job gauge is honestly i feel like uh more of a hindrance to your party than a help but that's my opinion all right. Well, I, I'm of the opinion that if they're going to do this ever again, this nail thing, because mm -hmm. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I don't like using ACT or ACT triggers except for tracking DPS during prog. Right. And I don't use, mm -hmm. I've never used an ACT trigger for anything. So for me, you know what I do? I make a fourth chat log and I drag it into the yeah. fucking and, UI. And that's, and that's a completely fine way to do it. You know, back. Like, like I mentioned before, when, when people used to do Turn 9 Savage back in the day when it was first released, you know, you weren't people weren't really as proficient with ACT back then as they are now. So, you know, we weren't really making triggers for it. We were just reading the chat log. And you can do the, you can do the same thing here. Um, you do exactly what you just said. You, you make a separate chat log that specifically is nail, uh, nail uh, quotes only. And you just have one person focusing all their brain power and monitoring that and doing the raid calls. You gotta look for keywords like scorched, fiery, yeah. conquest, it's, red moon, yeah, blue moon. If you discern the keywords, they're actually very—they're actually not that difficult to figure out. Um, I guess the 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 issue that you know teams have is why should they care about doing that when AC can do it for them? They can focus on oh. all the other stuff going on. Unless they're PS4 and they don't have a choice, they gotta hope. Well, somebody in the raid group does somebody it. Somebody calls it out. It yeah. I love it. I did. I did. I did it with Keo, and he was calling them all, and I'm like, "Oh my god, fuck the oh, chat! I'm out of here." So great. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Keo. <laughs> fuck this. Yeah. Oh, man. But I know there's probably. I'm sure there are dozens of people listening to your show right now that. Yeah, just are, just a couple dozen. 
very yeah, a couple, <laughs> a couple hundred, not a couple hundred dozen that are uh, anti ACT and and any third party tool. Um, I just want to preface that it makes your life easier, but I don't think it's a requirement. All right. So with that out of the way, that's those are two uh, twin and nail are topics. Sly and I beat to death. So yeah. now okay. that we've gotten past that one, but that, <laughs> that no, no, no. But that was that specific topic was important for someone who's like, because that's not the end of the RP mechanics. You will see them again in the second or third trio. One of them, actually, more than that, I think. You'll see them recur many times throughout the fight, honestly. <laughs> so. Then we move on to the big Kahuna himself. Is it, is, it wrong, is it wrong to say that you really haven't started the boss until you get to this third part? Is that wrong? No, that's fair. Um, I, I, I do not think the fight begins until Bahamut Prime is targetable. He is the actual boss of yeah. the incident. It's not, hey, beat all three it, of them. It's defeat yeah. Bahamut Prime. Personally, this fight to me is not Ultimate Coil. This is Ultimate Bahamut. Um, I really do feel that Bahamut is the sole focus of this encounter, and the fight length definitely reflects that. Yeah, because at this point, you're about seven minutes into the encounter, by the time Bahamut mm -hmm. hits the arena with 7th Umbrella. By the time Umbrella. Bahamut lands, you're around like 6.50. It depends on your DPS. I mean, we've been as low as six minutes. Uh, you can be as high as seven-ish minutes. Yeah. And uh, as we just stated, you still have over 11 minutes, including a 30-second respite yeah mm -hmm. that's the it's length of fight, man. that's the length of almost like neo x that's 12 and a half minutes mm -hmm. like it's like a minute short of being as long as neo x as a phase in itself yeah, i mean it's it's basically take x death and neo x death and combine them into one boss and you probably still aren't at 18 and a half minutes so, so that being said so that brings up the interesting ask of checkpoints now how do you feel if the, like if we get X death, Neo X death situations again, which I think it's undoubted, un, I think it's we're one hundred percent certain we'll see checkpoints in a in super long like final encounters again, outside of ultimate. Outside of ultimate. Do you are you for or against checkpoints? I'm against. Um, I think that. So, I, I'm torn a little bit because uh, the eighteen and a half minutes of a, of a boss is utterly exhausting. Um, however. I would not appreciate the prog probably as much if once I killed Twin and Nail, I never had to fight them again. And well, I shouldn't say never again. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, but I, I do think that checkpoints undermine what one of the purposes of this fight is. And one of the purposes of this fight is to reward teams who have uh, high levels of consistency. Um, that that this 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 fight is not just meant for one type of team. Um, you really do need a whole package to be able to get through this fight in its entirety. And one of the pieces in that package is uh, having your team be play consistent and uh, repeatedly make it through mechanics that you've already seen and solved. And that's you know just a, a part of the fight. So you would be losing that aspect of the fight. And I think that that would be a little bit unfortunate because that's something that Final Fantasy has lacked in honestly the last two plus tiers. Uh, you know, back in the days of Gordius and to a lesser extent Midas, uh, consistency was really important. And um, Oh, you yeah. brute justice. Oh. Yeah, I mean, even le le less so brute justice more than, than like, you know, 
I'd say like A3 or A4 to a lesser extent. It's really something a fight like A3 where you've seen the fight hundreds of times, you've solved it. All you need is to be able to get through the mechanics that you've already seen and solved for the hundredth time and not make an error so that you can make an enraged. And that's so can, yeah. honestly I compare it to maybe a what seven? Seven? Seven if people say if someone screws up it's no, 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 wait, wait. No, for a six, different reason. I'm sorry. Six. Hey, oh, God, six. Six. Yeah, yeah six it's comparable still... to six. Yeah, I mean, maybe so, in the sense that they're both kind of like, they both feel like gauntlets. Um, yeah. And you need to, you know, get through each gauntlet consistency, and you don't you don't see Vortexer in six unless you get through the, the other three. First three. Yeah. yeah, and so it is kind of similar, yeah, I guess, from that, from that sense. Sorry, when you talk about A3, it's just... <laughs> PTSD? So many nightmares. So many nightmares. I will never, I will never unsee that health bar ever, ever again. Oh yeah, the one percent. Yeah. I'll never, I will never unsee that health bar whenever it gets brought up. Whenever Salt and Light spawns in the locks, I even turn on Locus just to remind <laughs> myself, <laughs> just to relive it. All right. So, but okay, but in Savage for checkpoints, is it? Are you? Do you would you still be against yeah. it? Like, would you have rather have had X Death and Neo X Death all be one fight with no checkpoints? Because of what they did with Ultimate, I don't mind. Um, and this might be a bit of a tangent for your show today. but No, just... I think it's still relevant because it's been a big yeah. topic, especially with the Phoenix, what happens at Phoenix when sure. we get so 15 think, minutes in. I think that um, with what they've done with Ultimate, um, personally, I feel uh, Savage is uh, looking a bit more mid-core than hardcore. And I uh, think that the checkpoints are probably good for that. I think... Uh, I, not having a checkpoint on 04 uh, would make some groups struggle a bit more when I feel like if they're going to continue this trend with ultimate where ultimate is the, you know, thing that uh, ruins your mood. Um, you need, you need some feel good encounters in, in the game. And I would classify Delta escape as a feel good tier. So I'm okay with, I'm okay with checkpoints and savage tiers, but I don't think I want to see checkpoints in anything ultimate. We're gonna we're gonna get to talk about like the ins and outs of raiding a little bit after we prog we uh we uh prod you a little bit on the Bahamut phase. So no. last week's show we talked about everything through Grand Octet and we didn't cover the Terra Flare phase. So like we said the Terra Flare phase is there, but we didn't talk about how the you know, both the bosses return. It's all been streamed pretty publicly yeah. at this point, so you know I can share uh whatever you guys are interested in. So, Sly, do you have anything that after last week or after things you've heard or seen, before I start asking things, is there anything you want to know? It could be a general question about the last phase or about the second to last phase or whatever you want to call it. I would, but I kind of want to experience it organic. Hmm. You don't have to ask how to do Quick March Trio. <laughs> uh, no, no, like, no. Like, I feel like going into detail would you know, probably give me a little bit of a hint, sort of, so to speak. But, yeah, I want to experience, like, the first, like, once we actually fucking get there, I want to experience the uh, first bit of time. Um, first, the first or, bit of pain yourself, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, I want to feel the same pain that we all felt. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So when Seventh Umbrella hits and you all die, that's... That's <laughs> yeah. that's going to be... That's, yeah. that's going to be the organic experience. I want you to... Know yep. that. Just like the organic experience for lose, Nail. When you lose that really good pull to the very next mechanic that instantly wipes you when done incorrectly, that's the, that's the experience. Oh, rinse, repeat that for about the next 30 mechanics, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wish it was hyperbole. And then it gets worse. We gotta <laughs> we're gonna take in all the all all the quotes from last week and we're we're, we're shoveling up there. I went to a random YouTube video and I saw that under and back to Twin Time. <laughs> 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 that felt real good to see that. I was like, I approve. So you get to Bahamut. So what was outside of you know being like, oh my god, I'm dead to Seventh Umbrella era. How did it feel like when you got to Bahamut? Like what was what was the group's first thought? Um, we were we were we were uh, half stoked but also half focused. Uh, you know, we were we were obviously the very the very first week of the of the fight. We were um, you know really pressing for world first and. Uh, so it was, it, we were very like, I guess, hyper-focused on uh, solving it very quickly because we, we instantly died. I'm sure most people instantly died to it when they, when they got there. Um, and we were trying to figure out, you know, why we took the damage values that we did. And uh, really, it's as simple as, um, you know, we just needed to LB and not really worry about it. Uh, and once you looked at, actually looked at the damage values, it became pretty clear that that's all you needed to do. Um, I think that uh, aesthetically, it's it was obviously gorgeous. You know, it was really cool to basically. What what once we saw that like that fireball egg hit the middle of the arena, I think it was Chia that said, "You guys know Bahamut's going to come out of that thing, right?" <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, you're actually probably right." It's called Seventh Umbral Era. That was my yeah. first. That was my first reaction. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I the, just the fact that there's a mechanic in a fight called Seventh Umbral Era was pretty impressive uh they've really gone all out with uh like the the scope of the mechanics in the fight and you guys will definitely see that once you see like the later stages of the fight um okay so bahamut spawns i i think the one th i want to know your first reaction to one specific thing about bahamut becoming targetable yeah because i think any raider that's trying to gauge what they're in for will probably look at this first his health and the mm -hmm. number and the rate at which it declines Mm -hmm. So upon seeing, he has I think thirteen point seven five. I think is the number. Thirteen point four, thirteen point something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What was after seeing that Nail had five point something and Twin had five point something? What was where? Where did your mind go at like where you actually thought you were in the fight? Oh, uh, we it, right where we thought we were basically. I mean, we kind of knew going into it that Twin and Nail were probably a bit too easy to be considered, you know, the actual fight. Um, once we saw the HP value of Bahamut, we we kind of knew like, okay, this is the real guy, um, and that that really did reflect kind of what Yoshida and, and crew were were selling before the, before the theory came out. Um, you know, Bahamut is the real the real dude here, and uh, the HP value definitely tipped tipped off to that. And then, flare breath flatten trio. Yeah, so uh, the first time we get to Bahamut, you know, I we we managed the the, the flat and flare breath combo, you know, pretty easily just because it's Bahamut done a thousand times before Bahamut Prime back in the day. You know, you can always expect that he's going to breathe fire on you and flatten your face. Uh, so we got to that, and the quick march. The first time we saw quick march, we had we had seen it from one of the previews that they did um, before the patch. Um, so I kind of knew like, okay, these guys are really going to just dive down the middle. So we just need to, you know, deal with that accordingly. It's uh, it wasn't until we got to the wall and we're like, okay, we're safe. <laughs> Mechanic done. And then a little green swirly thing pops under your left toe and sends you and all your loved ones around you flying into a wall. 
and that I think is the real beginning of the fight. <laughs> it's that single twister that says, "Okay, you're starting the boss now." Yeah, and it doesn't even come close to being the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. there. So, when it comes to trios, one of the big topics is how the boss literally becomes untargetable. Everyone basically resets for about 5% of the boss's health, and then comes back, do 5% more, comes back 5% more. Mm-hmm. Was that... Did, were you, did you appreciate that you weren't attacking the boss during this time, or were you kind of like, alright, can we like... Do you like stay around for longer than fifteen seconds before we uh we have um, to just do a slew of mechanics again? I didn't mind, uh mostly because um I kind of knew where it was going. Uh mm-hmm. I, I had my I had my assumptions at least of where it's going that um okay, for for every trio they're gonna be wanting us to do a certain amount of damage here. Um and you know, making sure that you maximize those small ones of times that you have like that's that's uh fine to me um i think that uh the bahamut prime phase is really more of a a test of your ability to like outlast bahamut than anything else um more so than it is to do damage because honestly the damage check really isn't that difficult um Hmm. and i think that uh I think it, it rather than having him never be targetable and just have it be like a dance with nothing at all, I think it is good that at some points he still is targetable because it allows you know us to utilize things like reprisal and dismantle and addle and stuff like that to get through some of the mechanics that he's doing. I think it would be kind of lame if we can never ever target him. Like go the go the go the, go the opposite side of the spectrum where like just have a dance like a like a brute justice intermission. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Not have anything to target. Um, I like that we can at least target him and do some of the, the use some of the debuff utility that we have. Um, but there, yeah, the, having him targetable the full time would mean that he's on the map the whole time, and mm-hmm. on the, when he's on the map, he wouldn't be able to do all the things that he's able to do outside the arena. So it would make some of the mechanics probably either easier, or they'd have to come up with new ideas for those for those trios. So, in a matter of speaking, you actually prefer a whole endurance race as opposed to the sprint of you know him just being you know, available all the time for you to hit while doing mechanics. Only because I know that that's not the whole fight. Um, okay. I, I know that this, like, this dance gauntlet style of the trios is really, I mean, it, it's it's not the final phase. People know it's not the final phase. Uh, and it when, when you're going through it, I never assumed it was the final phase. Um, my only other... Uh, alternative theory was that okay once we finish the five trios the boss will be around 50 ish percent and then the true final phase of a, of a 50 to zero burn would happen um and for all intents and purposes it's kind of what happens but i, I don't want to go into too too much detail there uh understandable yeah the um i i don't dislike it or or like it i i guess i'll say because I, I was, and I was okay with it because I knew it wasn't the whole fight. So you, you talk about how they'd have to have done things differently. I mean, there's a lot of Bahamut mechanics that kind of aren't present from Final Coil yeah, there, itself. There are. There are. Um, are there mm-hmm. any that you kind of wished were incorporated in some way? Obviously, it's asking a lot when there's as many things going on as much. But I'm not saying on top of that. I'm saying sure. ones you would have liked to have seen that kind of made the original Bahamut Prime Bahamut Prime. Uh, 
I was fully expecting to see all the Mercidia ads that we saw in turn 13. Um, you know, we had, you had the Pain of Mercidia, you had the, uh, the Gusts of Mercidia, you had the Sins, um, all those things from the ad intermission in the original turn 13. I was fully expecting for those to make a cameo in Ultimate. And I was a little surprised that, that we didn't have any phase uh, really interacting with those. Um, I was fully expecting to see the orbs from the second phase of Flare Stars. For the Flare Stars. I was fully expecting to see those and having to manage those debuff stacks while doing all the other bullshit that Nail and Twin are doing to you. Um, that to me, I think, would have made a really interesting trio. Uh, but overall, I can't complain. There's still a shitload they threw at you, so I gotta, yeah. I'll get over it. And I, I actually, I think technically the only things really missing are Flare Stars and... Flare Stars, the ads, and... I guess him being around when doing Mega Flare Towers? Like, you know how like, you used to have to maximize uptime while doing towers and stack points and yeah. all that mm -hmm. stuff. And they've already established this isn't a maximize uptime. It's, it's a maximize uptime fight, but not while the boss is there. Or not while the boss right. isn't there. Yes. Kind of thing. All right, so we've got five trios. Let's name them off, because I, I, I had trouble naming them off last week. We have Quick March Trio. Yes. We have Blackfire Trio. We have Felrune Trio, Heaven's Fall Trio, and Ten Strike Trio. Five for five. Five for five. Which one of those trios was the worst to prog on? And not necessarily because you had to, because I know, like, progging on Ten Strike Trio isn't the same as progging on Quick March, because you had to do four trios to get to Ten Strike, and then die, and then do four trios again. So, objectively, in a space where if you just had to do one trio, which trio was the trio that you would say was the hardest? So, hardest to execute or hardest to solve? You know what? Which, which if you want to do, yeah, if you want to do both, like one of each. Hardest to execute, I think, is probably, funnily enough, probably Quick March. Um, as, e as, as easy as Quick March is to kind of like dissect, um, at least for a tank, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this. I think most tanks listening will agree with me who, who have done the fight. Um, for a tank, I think Quick March is probably the most difficult. Um, once you've done them all like 100 times, really none of them are very difficult to execute. Um, some of them are harder to uh, break down than others, though. I think that's uh, the key difference between them. Um, fell, a, a trio like Felrune entirely depends upon your Neuralink placement. It can either be the easiest trio in the world or the most difficult one in the world, depending for, on how you For people it. watching, which what is the order of mechanics for, for Felrune? I think I know which one, but since we're not showing them this sure. week like we did last week. Felrune is the uh, basically where you have the three bosses in the middle of the map, and uh, you have a Nail do an RP. So it starts with either a dynamo or a dive, and whichever one it starts with, uh, the other one happens afterwards. So if it does dynamo first, then it'll do dive second. If it does dive first, it'll do dynamo second. Uh, in conjunction with that, you have uh, Twintanya channeling the etheri etheric perfusion, etheric perfusion um, which is the mechanic you need to be standing in a neural link to survive. And you have Bahamut sending out two Tempest Wing tethers. Um, so you can imagine the uh, the way this plays out is you need to get the two Tempest Wing tethers to their own neural links to survive the etheric perfusion, uh, so that you're not clipping anybody with your with your with your tether, um, and you need also the party in another neural link because you only you're limited to three neural links. So you need the party in another neural link uh, away from those tethers, um, but you have to you have to be balancing that with the fact that Nail is doing stack and spread mechanics. Um, so you have to like do stack, spread, and then sp spread out to your neural links uh, in whatever fashion your your party deems. Um, and if you have really 
awkward Nurlik placement, which a lot of teams did, because a lot of teams just did whatever placement would cut them through Twintani the easiest and didn't think much about it. Um, it was really only like the the very, very, very dedicated teams that were started like guessing, you know, why are these Nurlings still here? What are they going to want us to do with them later? Uh, and they really started guessing like where they should be placing them in, in, in phase one. Um, I know that our first set of Neuralink placements made Felruin a nightmare. Um, it was so difficult to get people inside their Neuralinks for the Aetheric Profusion while also getting, uh, uh, while also dealing with the, with the nail mechanics. You know, if we had a Dynamo second, um, for some of our arrangement in our, in our early pulls, it was impossible to get a player from uh, inside the Dynamo to a Neuralink. Uh, and, you know, conversely, like even if you wanted to leave a player outside of the Dynamo, it was still difficult. So we had to change our Neuralink positionings uh, twice until we got Felruin uh, completely solid. And honestly, now it's probably the easiest trio. Now, going back to that uh, a little bit, um, what did you think of them using such a, well, I wouldn't say such, but just a persistent uh, mechanic that you have to make use of throughout the entire fight from phase to phase to phase? Um, we kind of expected it to happen because they yes. were just there. They were just there the entire time. But what did you think of them, you, you having to use, you having like to it. set it up properly in the beginning and then, you know, make use of it in, like, final Bahamut phase? I like it. Um, first of all, it, it is a great reason for not having a checkpoint um, because mm -hmm. it, what, it, what it really does is it really gives meaning to the first phase. Um, it gives meaning to that twin phase in a fight that it, uh, where otherwise the twin phase would be very meaningless. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, you would really be wanting a checkpoint at that point, just because it's such a drag going through twin when it has no bearing on anything else in the fight. Um, so I think I think it was a really cool design choice to have a very boring first phase uh, interact with the rest of the fight to that scale, um, mm -hmm. and and definitely uh, uh, I think important for how the how the fight goes. Um, it's also just another one of the, they, and I'm sure they knew that this was going to happen. That people were going to have to re reassess how they do the Twintani phase once they get to these later parts. And that's mm -hmm. something they want in Prague. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, occurrences in, in this Prague um, where it's very clear that they want you to sort of go back to the drawing board and reassess things that you've already learned um, just because it kind of like elongates the process and they really liked that. I remember them very specifically saying, there's something you can do to get through Twintania, but you'll regret it later. And that ended up being limit-breaking Twintania to then not have a limit-break for 7th. Could mean, it could mean a bunch of things. Could mean limit-break, could mean Neuralink. Yeah, it could be Neuralink. Yeah. But they, they very early on told you there are things you can do to make Twintania yes. easier, but you're going to regret exactly. them later. Exactly. And I, that's, uh, I think, an important aspect of the fight and definitely something ultimate. It's quite ultimate. Definitely unending. That's for certain. Okay, so we we're talking about the, the five trios, but to some people, Grand Octet is the sixth trio, because it's another mechanic yeah, that contains the three bosses, but it also brings back the five dragons from the nail phase. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Grand Octet has been an interesting topic, because it's probably, from what people describe of it, it's, mechanically, it's super straightforward. It's like the most straightforward of all the mechanics. There's eight dive bombs, or there's eight different dragons dive bombing, and there's markers going out. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of Grand Octet, that changes a little bit. There's other things to do. But that's kind of the, the grand takeaway from it. Yeah. Compared to progging on the trios, how what what would you say was the major the one major difference with Grand Octet? Um 
So, I mean, Grand Octet threw a lot of groups for a loop, some more so than others. Um, but uh, I think that it's the first octet that's not super intuitive in the sense that, like, yeah, you understand there's dragons diving in you, so that means you want to make sure you don't send dragons into other players or places you need to be. Like, that's a very simple premise. Um, but, and, and the first thing everybody did when they got there is, like, are they going clockwise? That was the very first thing that people, that people look at. And uh, I know on our very first poll, uh, we saw them going clockwise. So me being the dive bomb marker for our team, I was like, I got this, guys. Just let, let me handle it. I got this. Um, uh, and because I'm, I'm really confident in marking dive bombs. Uh, and I know when we got back there and then I saw them going the other way the next time, I was like, wait, how do I know which way they're going? And that was like the first puzzle, I think, for teams to solve. Um, can you discern whether they're going left? Can you discern where they're going when they're, they're going right? Um, or can you not discern it at all? And I know a lot of teams, ours included, for that first uh, day or so, um, just went with strategies that uh, sort of accounted for both cases and didn't really spend time bother, didn't bother spending time uh, figuring out like, is it going left, is it going right? Well, no, we'll just make a strategy that accounts for both. And a lot of teams sort of brute forced it that way. Uh, the problem is, and we all we all know this, uh, that the problem was that it was uh, sort of a volatile measure to get through it and not nearly as consistent as you're going to need when you're trying to deal with an 18 plus minute fight. Um, that you still don't know is 18 minutes because you're not even 11 minutes into the fight yet. You're not yeah. even 11 minutes at this point. You're like around, uh, you're around 11 minutes. You're, you might be a little bit over 11 at that point. Uh, I remember many... seeing the Terra Flare, a group posted, a t uh, they were dead like going into Terra Flare and they were at 1110. Okay, okay. yeah, I think that's, okay, sure. That, that <laughs> probably checks out. You're probably around like the 1030 mark around Octet maybe. Definitely the dive bombs, I would say. Um, but really the, the yeah, I think that was the first like thing that kind of stumped teams was how do we deal with these dive bombs? And, uh, you know, anyone that's, past it now and most people are um most excuse me most people who are in there every day uh, are past it now um it's uh it's another example of it's a very simple mechanic that you shouldn't try to overcomplicate. and that's really all i'll say about the matter because i don't want to spoil it for you know say sly who wants to experience, experience it himself damn it um, sly uh but, you nice. know it's it's, it's a fun mechanic. It yeah, looks I, like a very fun mechanic. The solving of it, the solving of it will be a fun process, and I wouldn't want to take that away from somebody. Um, oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, the just the, the but the, the basic functionality is it uh, of the mechanic is that there's dragons diving at you, and you don't want to get hit by a dragon. Um, right. And and yeah, I think it's the first mechanic that sort of paused groups prog for a while. There are some groups that whizzed right past it, and there are others that uh, didn't. So it was very hit or miss. Um, I think that while it was sort of like disheartening to some of those groups who got stuck on it a little bit longer, what was what was hilarious to, to watch unfold is just how much it all evened out and normalized later on in the fight because of how much more difficult the later on in the fight is. <laughs> and it only gets worse. It only gets worse. That's just, that's the moniker of this fight. It, Even it only... when you're done with the dive bombs, you're still not done with Grand Octet is the worst part. Oh, no, yeah. Honestly, and I was going to get into this, but I... Uh, uh, distracted i guess the 
the dive bombs are really that's the easy part in my eyes of octet um hmm. it's what happens after the dive bombs that i think was the real struggle um at least for our team uh it was a little bit of struggle because we i think didn't give ourselves enough credit and we uh essentially there's a strategy or not a strategy essentially there's a mechanic um, and i won't spoil too much there's a mechanic that involves mega flare towers but and, and it's something that mm -hmm. if you've done if you've done black fire trio um it's something you're familiar with you know there's towers and people need to be in the towers and uh for black fire trio you can make a very easy to follow like priority system of uh this person always this role always gets this tower this role always gets this tower um the wrench in all of this for the octet uh, phase is that the tower locations are completely random. Um, and you could have orientations that are far from your party and orientations that are right up in your party space. Uh, and making a priority system for that is a lot more involved and takes a lot more uh, brain power. And uh, I think that we, and maybe some other people that I've talked to, but definitely we as a team focused a little bit too much on trying to make that a clear cut priority system when in reality, mm -hmm. the best strategy of all is YOLO. <laughs> Just YOLO. Just call YOLO up, actually this is works. my tower, get the fuck out. This is my tower, you take out. <laughs> That's the best strategy of all. I'm trying to grab... Because this is... Because what you're bringing up right now is... is goes perfectly into something that Fold twit longered about. That was not memeing. Yes, yes. I, I fully hmm. expected it to wait long to be a meme, but when it, yeah. I totally, I totally did too. The problem with finding exactly no, here it is. I had to look for the words twenty one hundred word, uh, twenty one hundred words. Which, by the way, this wasn't even remotely close to two thousand one hundred words. So either he trimmed it or he meant to say twenty one hundred characters, <laughs> and <laughs> you meant characters. which we all know he totally didn't trim it. But yeah. it's a giant twit longer where he. At this point, Momo had been very, very publicly outspoken about something in the final phase being complete bullshit RNG that shouldn't exist, and he said it was, quote, worse than Nisi. I mean, the, I mean you can interpret Momo's uh, RNG complaints uh, probably a number of ways. I personally didn't feel that they were related to the final phase just because... Um, I don't feel that way about the final phase. Um, I think that that's, I, I don't know what he was referring to, obviously only he does, but um, I think that his tweet is much more a, a, applicable to Grand Doctet, um, mm -hmm. just, just the towers in general in Grand Doctet. Um, Which is why I'm when, bringing this in now, as yeah. opposed to when we get to the later. When part, we were I doing, agree. when we were mm -hmm. doing Octet with our team and trying so hard to make it like a very clean, priority-based system like we always do with every mechanic before we always try to have these clean strategies that are very like intuitive for a player oh i'm the bard i go here i'm the healer i have this debuff i go here um you know that's that's always like when you're able to do that it's always the best way to do it however in an instance like this where there is so much rng happening in a span of five seconds it is so much for a player to process his role and responsibility that it is so much easier to just look at your screen, make the logical decision of he's closer to that tower than I am. I'm going to let him have that. Um, it is just it. What, what it reminds me of, and this is the analogy I use for my team to sort of like sell it, is it's turn nine golems. You know, when you're placing the three, when you're placing the three golems in turn nine, mm -hmm. you, kind of, you kind of just fan out like logically, right? 
Yeah, you don't be like, okay, you you don't set a priority system no, for like, like each person. Oh, you're closer to that circle. Fold. I'm gonna go over here. It makes way more sense for me to move here than to ask you to move two circles that way. Um, and you just apply that same kind of logic. It's just be smart. That's all there is to it. Don't do something stupid. And that's really the best way to do it. And what and it what it does is it really outlines something that this fight is gonna teach not only us but other teams of the importance of personal responsibility when they're in these in these more difficult encounters. Personal responsibility is becoming more and more important with the more difficult the content gets. And uh, this is the first one of the, I shouldn't say the first, this is one of few fights in the game that is really, really, really focused on personal responsibility and uh, just making sure you make a right split decision rather than having a, a uh, all encompassing omnipotent strategy. Yeah. I can I can I can respect that. I think I can think of a few other examples, but hearing this is uh yeah. yeah. So Fold did this twit longer and the one key point he talks about is mechanic consistency and what he calls uh fatigue walls and artificial difficulty. Mechanic uh -huh. consistency being something like you just described where those towers could be anywhere. And he says, uh, these are designed to be fatigue walls that become very apparent when your team is showing signs of what our static calls sleepy boys. <laughs> so he did meme a little bit. There's a little bit, a little bit of meme there. Yeah. And that's I would like, I would like to spell that out for everyone. It's S space L space. Sleepy boys. Sleepy boys. Um, but he's more specifically, he gets serious immediately after. There's so he talks about how many of those fatigue walls exist. Twin Tanya as an entirety is a fatigue wall. Darnus is a fatigue wall. Quick March Trio is one. Each and every one of the trios is one. Octet is one. And what comes after is still all part of one, you know, one encounter that has so many fatigue walls. So where do you stand on that portion of the fight with the sheer number of fatigue walls over an 18 and a half minute fight where, guess what? You're seeing this for the first time. You're going to die. You need to get there again and again and again to figure it out. And every time you die. And back to the top. There you go. <laughs> Um, Fold's my guy. I love Fold. Uh, my response to it is, man up. <laughs> Damn, man up. son. Man up. Pull again. Ooh. Let's go. Let's go. That's how you see what you don't understand, Sly, is that's what he's saying to himself right now to get ready for raid night tonight. <laughs> man up. We're doing this tonight. Yeah. Tonight uh, I think is it, the it, night. You, you got to get through it. Uh, everybody's got to get through it. Um, everybody's going through the same things that you are. Uh, just man up and get through them better. Yeah, I mean, then he goes uh, on to talk about point. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say at this point, like from my perspective, um, our raid leader, he's like, okay, back to Suntania, pull again, start the countdown. Nature's men, pull, pull, just go. Like he, we're we're just at this point, we're chain pulling just to see more of the fight. We're not, we don't want there to be any quote-unquote fatigue or any like lulls in between pulls we just really want to keep seeing the same mechanic over and over again so and bang our head against it so we can see it so i kind of understand what fold is saying but at the same time <laughs> layla I, I definitely understand what you're saying <laughs> yeah no i i definitely do uh also understand what fold is saying there and to an extent mm -hmm. I, I do agree with it um i i think that the what he's what he's more so emphasizing is the fact that um he feels that uh, I guess the the fight length and the some of the RNG in in a few areas of the fight 
is just mm -hmm. there to basically force you to make a mistake and start your, you know, Twintanya over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's like just a measure to elongate the fight's prog that, that Square Enix put in the fight. I guess that's what he's trying to sort of emphasize. Um, and I, the only thing that I would preach to, to him and I have uh, and to the rest of my team and to anyone else who asks is it just uh, puts more emphasis on requiring uh, consistent play and consistency mm -hmm. being one of the big keys to success in this fight. And uh, the teams that are going to clear this fight and the teams that have cleared this fight are the, the ones that are going to be the, the more consistent ones. Do you consider that type of quote-unquote design, if you want to call it that, do you consider that intelligent design based, like in terms of of this stage of raid, this of this difficulty of raid? Do you consider like them for intentionally? Ultimate, yeah. For ultimate, I do only because uh, ultimate is exactly what they told us it was going to be. I mean, it, it okay. is every, it is everything that is difficult in one fight, and mm -hmm. um, you couldn't have a fight without having a quote unquote fatigue check, um, like they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and not have a complete fight. This fight was designed to be, it's literally, as the name implies, it was impl it was designed to be the ultimate encounter. Like there there should be nothing more difficult than this fight. That's I I think if they if they started their meetings about uh you know what they want to do with this encounter, the first thing if I was in that room I would write on their whiteboard is there should be nothing more difficult than what we're about to create. And. I think if you go from there, and it seems like they did start from there, uh, having stuff like this is just, it's just a logical choice, you know, a long fight that is going to drain you mentally and physically and, uh, you know, force you to either take a break or reevaluate a strategy to make it simpler. Okay, so there's two points you just brought up that I want to hit on. The first one is the concept of this being the ultimate encounter. Mm -hmm. We already know ultimate is not a one-off. Yeah, we've heard, we've supposedly yes. So, what the hell do you do after that? <laughs> I okay. So I've been a little cynical. I don't think that they're going to be able to match this. Um, personally, I will be. I will. Hmm. I wish that they proved me wrong, but I don't think you can top what they've done. This fight. Um, this fight is is massive on a on a grand scale. Uh, in mm -hmm. more ways than one. In in appearance. In in. Uh, in mechanic difficulty and in length, um, it has it all. I'm I'm a very big uh, uh, supporter of this encounter, as you, you can tell probably by now. Um, right. I, I really do enjoy it, and I think it's one of their best pieces of work they've done. Even though I hate them for it, and I want to die every time I start prog, but um, I, I, I it's it's reasonable. A yeah, um, I think that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. I just like, I always like the muse that it would, they said that they were going to do Titan and that Pseudo said, no, it has to be Bahamut. Yeah, I, Bahamut what? is, okay, so Bahamut is obviously, you know, that's, that's like the poster child of this game, right? That's right. what, that's what right. started. That's what, what, started re, right. what rebirthed the game. Yeah. Um, it's really what everyone sort of associates Final Fantasy fourteen. The first thing we think of Final Fantasy fourteen rating, most people think of Bahamut, I think. Um, and because uh, that, that's what the game was about for so long and i don't think th they, what they they wanted to win people over first of all with, the, with this with this fight they wanted to do something that was going to like capture eyes from all areas and by the way for the record it has oh yeah you know, i i play yeah. wow quite frequently 
And I can tell you guys that on in the WoW circles right now, Ultimate Bahamut was a big topic of conversation, even on the Blizzard side of things. The Blizzard, the Blizzard fight designers were eyeing Ultimate and, and commenting on it on Twitter about how just how difficult it looks and how much of an interesting concept uh, that that uh, of the fight is of of Quarionix uh, yeah. not being afraid afraid to release a fight as long as this because you know they're looking at it from their angle of like well what do we how do would that, how would that what do we do my, yeah my my fights um, is this a good idea or a bad <laughs> idea so they're looking at it with a quizzical eye and uh, some of the, the players over in, in other games are looking at it with a a very interested eye as well. Um, from well, when you talk about from like where we go from here, like we, Mike and I have had this conversation. Uh, the only thing, the only basis we have in comparison to this is what we dealt with in just regular raid and standard raid, and we can kind of argue from Coil to Alexander. You know, there was a bit of a uh, discrepancy in terms of difficulty. A bit. Uh, people, yeah. really. Really? Sly, I went from Final Coil Prog to Gordius. A bit does not ac accurately <laughs> describe my the difference in experience I had between the two. <laughs> then, from from that perspective, you it, it would pretty much be easy to say like where you could go with. This. I mean, you could just based on the scale, you could lump up a, like all the Gordius bosses together and create one ultimate fight from that. I well. I say you can't really do it with a primal. Like a primal, like Titan yeah. would be a fan favorite. Titan is kind of like fanatical more than just, you know, actual reasoning behind a fight. Um, honestly, I think Alexander would be the way to go, even though I would be interested Faust. in like It's ultimate Faust, and he summons Manipulator and Brute Justice as ads. All right, we've been over this slide. Yeah, I think. I agree that a primal is not going to. The, the problem is like, they, yeah, they. I think they did need to start with Bahamut because they really needed to sell this idea. I mean, yeah. this, this what they're doing is this is they're selling the future. I think of their game right now. Right. And I think that ultimate, while it, it people are some most of the player base I think is like annoyed at just how difficult it actually is. I think while they're also annoyed, they're still also very appreciative of how difficult it is. I, I can't speak mm -hmm. for them. I don't know, and I'm sure. There's going to be many people angry at me on YouTube for, for even saying that who were just having a miserable time right now. But I think that uh, you can't follow up what we've done with a primal. Um, not one primal at the very least. Not one primal. Okay, he... That's where I was going to go. Exactly. On the other hand, they have shown that they are completely okay with bringing together fights and mechanics that you never thought would coexist. If, hear me out, mm -hmm. ultimate, ultimate weapon. Yeah, I've seen so many people throw that around. Yeah, War, yeah. Warring Triad. I've Warring heard Triad ultimate, is my I've heard idea. ultimate Gilgamesh, where it's Gilgamesh, Enkidu, Ultros, and Typhon. There is a <laughs> lot they can do there. That being said, the, the Raider and me would love to see them just sort of continue the trend of the tiers of we had mm -hmm. ultimate and then and, and, and coil. Um, and then we go into an ultimate Alexander in 4.3, and then by 4.5, the Omega tier, the Omega storyline will have finished. We'll have all four, all three Omega tiers, you know, finish mm -hmm. it off with four, finish it off in 4.5 with an ultimate Omega. Um, you know, you could go that route, 
with Neo X Death and Sephiroth look like at the same time. Yeah, my <laughs> my concern is that that formula might get stale. Um, I I think that the the like idea of something fresh each time, like we're mm -hmm. getting at here with these primals, that would be something completely out of the blue. That would keep it real fun and interesting for people. I don't think people are necessarily gonna like want to like go back all the time and just fight the same raid bosses that they clear every week again. Right. Um, now, go ahead. I just want to say, what does an 18 and a half minute Titan fight even look like in their eyes? Like, <laughs> let's assume they had I, gone would, with Titan first. Yeah. It Remember would, what Xeno designed? I, I did it too. I They even stated my exact idea that I've been, I've been championing for years at this point, where it splits the platform into fours and he does the jumps and lands on each of them and then knocks him out of the fight for a certain amount of time. And if you oh, fuck yeah, it you up, you're done. That. Like yeah, that's the, but then you that's not eighteen and a half minutes. Like there's no phoenix that comes flying in and resurrects you at any point. There's no way they could just do one primal. It'd have to be like a primal medley. It, it really would. And see that 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 brings me to my next question for you. As a WoW raider, and there are a lot of people who play fourteen and WoW um, council fights. Mm -hmm. This is the closest thing we've had to me to a council fight. Would you prefer? This style, this style, what we have an ultimate or an actual, you know, council fight. Um, well, the one of the phases in Ultimate Muhammad is a true council phase. Um, you have multiple bosses in the field at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, that, you know, it's been publicly streamed for anyone who's That's aware. Terra Flare, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Yeah, the, yeah. the Terra Flare phase um, is essentially a council phase. Um, and I actually went on record and I was, uh, I who have unfortunately have to take an L here, but uh, I went on record a while, a couple months back, saying that um, Ultimate Bahamut will be the first time that tanks um, uh, are required to cross-class ultimatum. Um, hey, the World First group did. They did. I feel like that was more of a backup. Like, uh, yeah, if you die, if you provoke and something goes wrong, yes. you need a second provoke. A lot much. of people do. A lot of people do use ultimatum for like having an extra provoke for shirk purposes and an extra provoke mm -hmm. just as a backup in case one doesn't work because you can without ultimatum if you use your provoke and then die you can't fix it when you get raids i mean if you die in tear flare after using your provoke you cannot fix it um it's just like there's so much ridiculousness you have to do to fix it you have to have like your ninja throw a shade walker on you you have to get a really heavy shirt from your main tank and you uh it's, uh, there's just so much that goes into it to, to fix a, a pull where you don't have provoke. So I feel like him having ultimatum is more so a uh, leisure than a necessity. Uh, my co-tank and I have molded over and we really can't see a need for it other than using it as a backup or using it for short purposes. But getting to the, the topic of the council. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, the I think that a council fight with multiple primals would be really fun. Uh, and I think that the warring triad could be the, like one of the perfect segues into that for that style of encounter. God, I just imagine Sephiroth slamming a side of the scale. Yeah, I, I think, oh man, that, I mean, you're selling it to, to people right now. <laughs> um, and then while Zervan soaring, there you go. Yeah. There's a lot they could do that would be that would be fun. Um, 
I just want them to continue the trend of the machine gun pace pacing of mechanics. I think that's the most important right. defining factor of Ultimate. No matter what they do, whether it's council or single boss, the mechanics have to come at you fast. And like you'll see it in Folds Twit longer there. Um, one of the things he ha he highlights is uh, he uh, is very uplifted to see Square Enix's ability to make a fast-paced fight in an often slow-feeling game. And I think that that's what Ultimate needs to remain. Okay, so we've we've diverted away from the topic of the fight itself to cover some pretty, I'd I'd say constructive topics regarding mm -hmm. the raid and its and its state. Hopefully, interesting. Hopefully, I mean we don't know if this show is any good. We've been doing it for this long, but we don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the I next blacked out for an hour. I don't know. Yeah, I, I felt I've been sleeping the whole time, so I don't know. You got to let me know when the full thing comes out. So for after Grand Octet. I'd say Grand Octet signals the end of Phase 3, for me personally. For sure. Yeah, I'd say it's a five-phase fight, personally. Hear that car? Come on now. Yes. Thank uh, you, Los Angeles. Bahamut got another one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That person's hawking their way back to Twin Tanya. There you go. Um, <sighs> you move into Terra Flare Phase. Now, last week, we super undersold Terra Flare Phase, because we, didn't, oh, okay. we had no footage of it, so we couldn't go into it. Mm-hmm. Terra Flare is basically, you need to defeat Nail and Twin before I'm done with my Terra Flare cast. Is mm -hmm. essentially the phase in a nutshell. I think they both start at 50% health as opposed to 100% health, so they've been resting up a little bit. 44? Mm -hmm. What a say. weird number. 40? 40? I, can't, I can't remember it. It's what a around. weird number. <laughs> I just, I space out every time I get there. I don't even look at their HP anymore. I think it's like 44%, something like that. Um, so speak to us a little bit about that. That has also been publicly streamed. Once again, we were referencing 5150's, like, clips all last week. They streamed up to Golden Bahamut and died to the last phase, so people have at least seen what the mechanics are in the final phase, or at least the first however many seconds of them. Um, so Terra Flare. This is a whole phase on its own where you, you're, this is where you're finally putting Twintani and Nail down for good. Yes. Um, Terra Flare, honestly, is, it seems very overwhelming, but... Um, it's really not that bad. It's honestly when I, when I get to when we get to Terra Flare in a pull, um, my uh, you know blood pressure returns to normal levels. Um, it's it's uh, once you once you map it out and once you figure it out, it's very manageable. Uh, once you're looking at it, and for the I, I don't want to spoil because I want Sky to experience it organic Sky, Sky to experience it Sly to experience it organically. <laughs> You'll get it. I struggle I struggle through that yeah. one. Um, yeah. I. Uh, once th there will be a point in the Terra Flare progression where you will, be, you will just collectively as a group say, are you serious? So, and I wouldn't want to ruin that moment for Sly. So um, once you get past that, you then sort of start to manage things and uh, understand um, how things are supposed to interact. And it really kind of doesn't become uh, an issue at that point. It becomes very less daunting and much, much more controlled than some of the previous trios that you might have just been dealing with. I'm trying to think of what that moment is. I'm, I'm thinking very, very heavily about it. Because I know I felt that way when I, well, when I saw the face start, I felt that way. But I, I think of the tank, I think of Death Sentence and Ravenspeak, personally. Well, I, I want to say something, but I, I won't. So I'm on to it. All right, I got it. I'll, leave, I'll I'll just accept that because I feel like what you I feel like you right there. I can that assure was... you. I can assure you that is not what I'm referring to. Okay. All right. That's what I. I was just like. All right. Well, that's fucking fun. 
have fun doing that shit in this game. <laughs> so if you ever feel that way, like, it's like, oh, yeah, have fun doing that in Final Fantasy fourteen in this fight. Yes, Octet um, felt that way, very <laughs> much so. I was actually going to make a, a very angry Twitter post, but then I realized that I was being a whiny little bitch and decided not to. <laughs> and you didn't um, want to be fooled. <laughs> no, but... Um, uh, it's like... One thing that while I was driving home from class, uh, I was thinking about it was um, Octet was sort of this phase that, des that was designed for a game that isn't Final Fantasy. And, uh, you know, having having the RNG of the towers and like needing to YOLO it, well, not necessarily needing to, but having YOLO as being a very good strategy for it um, is a fantastic and completely fine way to do things. Um, Final Fantasy is not a game where YOLO strats typically work well. Um, a lot of times you'll see somebody you'll see somebody going one direction. In reality, they're probably not really going that direction anymore, and they've doubled back. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> another one of those issues, and that's that is why, for the record, why teams try so hard to make priority systems for everything that they encounter, because doing making split uh, second decisions and reacting to stuff you see on your screen typically does not work very well in this game. Um, however, uh, like I mentioned, the very early stages of your show today. Um, uh, us and I think some other teams really undersold ourselves. Um, I think that players are fully capable of being able to make logical decisions even if the game isn't as up to date on your screen as it is, uh, you know, server side. Um, it's you're still able to react in the time that they allot, and uh, that'll be an important lesson I think for us going forward to not always shy away from the fact that maybe sometimes we just need to react. Alright, so Terra Flare phase is three and a half minutes, approximately? Four minutes? Something like Terra, that? No, Terra Flare is much shorter than that. Terra Flare oh, is, it? is... I want to say two and a half. Two and a half. Alright. Oh, fucking Christ. Alright, so you got two and a half minutes. On paper, that's, that doesn't really sound too bad. That's two and a half with like the, as minimal DP, at the minimum level of DPS requirement. So it can go faster, is what you're saying. Yeah, you go fast. You can do it, yeah. you can do it in two minutes. All right, so shedding 30 seconds. That's that's a pretty substantial difference. It entirely depends upon your party composition, honestly. Um, the the party comps with multi, with uh, classes that specialize in multi-dotting um, are going to fly through that phase faster than the ones without. Summoner. Summoner Bard, technically. I guess both of them probably shine pretty hard. What do you know? <laughs> What do you know? Yeah, multi-dotting. I can demolish two targets. Yeah, and I think Chaos Thrust is worth it on, on two targets, I'm pretty sure. Which one? What's worth Chaos, it? Chaos Thrust from, from Jigga. I think almost any of, I think almost any yeah. of the dot, because they're, they're, as long as it's not applied and you can apply it and you won't drop an auto-attack. Yeah, I haven't played Jigga in a long time, but uh, I in my head, I think, yeah, I think Chaos, Chaos Thrust is fucking strong, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's real strong. Um, so you get past Terra Flare... And you die. Yep. Fight's over. Back to Twintonia. Yeah. Or so you think. Duh! Spoilers! Oh, come on. <laughs> we were already actually guessing this yeah. last week. Because oh, I remember... Yeah. I remember, I remember somebody saying that, like, Fold or somebody else had mentioned that... I don't know if they said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if this happened mm -hmm. and then it ended up happening? Or if it was like, yeah, by the way, yeah, I totally guessed right. Um, yeah, you and 10,000 others. Yeah. So, at this point, there's been one entity that's been completely missing from the encounter, and that's Phoenix, who we know yeah. is present in the fight. 
Um, whether it be because apparently in ACT he gets added to the encounter list. Uh, um, yeah, something like that. He, he his name pops up and he has like an HP value. It's the same as like a tower and stuff. So people started theory crafting. Yeah, he had five point seven five million health, and he pops up in your combat in the uh, in the encounter list in phase three when Bahamut hits with and becomes targetable with seventh umbral arrow. Yeah. Some people some people feared that that was going to be the true final phase. Is you have to fight Phoenix, and that's why the fight is like twenty minutes long. Um, but uh, not wrong of... entire. I mean, you're not fighting not, Phoenix, but the fight was still long. almost twenty minutes long. Yeah. Um. So what ends up happening is Bahamut wipes everyone out. You're all dead. And then Phoenix says, I'm here! And resurrects he you. Here. He falcon punches Bahamut. Yeah, he literally falcon. <laughs> He's literally like, Aah! like, cool, honestly. Yeah. And then he just leaves like an asshole, too. He's like, I'm good. I'm just good. I'm out. He doesn't, he doesn't leave without leaving something behind. Yeah, he resurrects everybody to full health, full MP, no weakness. But you still have to recast Protect, no, by actually, the way. That's actually not true. If oh, you have weakness, this is really stupid, by the way. I don't, wanna, I don't mean to derail your train of thought, but... Yeah. You die, if when you if you finish the terror phase with weakness, when Phoenix resurrects you, you not only still have weakness, your weakness is fully reset to max duration. It is so stupid. Anyway, continue. Okay, but the intention of it is if you don't have weakness, you will not get weakness from this. Yes. So okay. it just doesn't shift over to brink of death. It's just correct. It, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, although you do need to give recast protect, which is mm -hmm. all buffs. Yeah, you have to redo all your buffs, pretty much, in the, like, I guess 15 seconds you have before it becomes relevant again. Um, and uh, Phoenix gives you a buff called Phoenix's Blessing. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people were really curious about exactly what the extent of said buff was. Uh, with this FF logs that we have from the World Second Group, uh -huh. we can get it an idea. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking? Well, let's let's go to the warrior because that's fun. Uh, so fell cleave was twenty six percent of his damage. What was his highest fell cleave? His highest fell cleave was on Bahamut Prime, which I guess isn't. I guess it's not exactly the largest one, but his his average hit was 27.8k whereas on Twintani it was 17k which on Nail it was 12 so he, and you more than double what your fell cleaves were doing on one boss going into another one when only half of the fight against said I guess this is actually only the very last phase maybe so uh, yeah. it looks like it straight up doubles your DPS you would be correct yeah Phoenix's Blessing is a 100% damage increase. And there's a 26k broil in here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm. So that lasts, you know, however much percent Bahamut has. That, not fucking around. Bahamut, no, sir. Now, the other concern is that Bahamut has a buff of his own. <laughs> One called Los Die, which uh -huh. we saw early on the day the patch went live. People saw the buff on XIVDB. And it says that Bahamut's insanity has peaked and that his damage has increased. One so, might assume that that has also doubled his damage. Well, um, I would say so there's there's two there's actually two buffs um, happening there. Um, there's low die and then there's just a raw damage up buff. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't actually know low die's interaction with the with the fight itself, other than maybe signifying that he's golden. He's golden. 
um, the damage up uh, buff is essentially a 10 times damage modifier. <laughs> um, for, on Bahamut. For all intents and purposes, it's probably not exactly 10, but look at the values, you can eyeball, it's pretty much he's doing 10 times damage. Um, so that's uh, that was a very interesting find. Yeah, and I still don't know, I actually don't know the cause of said buff, so I, uh, I'm going to leave that out. There are, the, the, the teams right now that are progressing golden all, I'm sure, know. Um, I think because it's a little bit more difficult to figure that out from just raw public logs yeah i'll keep tight lip on that uh but it, it is there and it exists all i can tell you is that uh bahamut's doing a lot of damage in this phase bahamut is doing a lot of damage and more interestingly is what abilities he actually has access to because the answer is not a whole lot yeah i mean it it's public knowledge now that that's the final phase and uh you know Everybody progressing through this fight sort of had an ability list already data mined. Um, and once you get to Terraflare, you know that there's only um, three. three three abilities left in, in the in the list. And, uh, you know, he introduces them to you very early on in that final phase. As soon as he goes into the final phase, he casts a new ability called Morn Afa. Mm -hmm. Now, according to this, Morn Afa is responsible for 45% of Bahamut's damage during sounds, their kill of this phase. Sounds accurate, yeah. Which is more than double of what his auto attacks were dealing, which is the second highest value. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's honestly hard. Which is a frightening prospect when not only is your are your auto attacks the most, you know, one of the most damaging things, yeah. over, over 31 auto attacks, it did almost 400,000 damage to one tank, and over seven auto attacks did about 100,000 damage to the other. So the average, it looks like, is about 17,000 per auto. It's a lot of damage. It's... I know that in, the, in those logs specifically, um, both of those tanks were pretty much stanceless through that yeah. majority, if not all of that, all of that phase. Um, so, you know, the damage values are against basically stanceless tanks. Um, but, uh... it's 38 it's autos? Jesus, that's not a lot of autos for three and a half minutes. Well, he's got a bunch of other stuff he's throwing at you. <laughs> and by a bunch of other stuff, you mean Mornafa, Akmorn, and Exaflares. Yeah, a lot of those. Now, I'm not going to pry you on the how to do these mechanics. No, I wouldn't answer. But we know <laughs> what they do, at the okay. very least. Mornafa splitting damage. Mm -hmm. Akmorn being... Well... Akmorn. Akmorn. <laughs> and Exaflare being emptiness from Neo Exdeath. But okay. with its own... It's... it's the most comparable thing. I would say it's a little bit more than emptiness, but... It's uh, it's more, but, like, if you had to, like, look at it is, and draw a conclusion as to what you could relate it to, emptiness yeah. is, like, the The very first closest. thing that everyone says when they see X-Flare is, oh, emptiness. That's not it, but that's the closest draw yeah. to it. There's yeah. the most similar mechanic we've seen. Yeah. Um, and oh, when you see that on paper, it doesn't seem that bad. Hey, man. Easy phase. It doesn't seem that bad, but you just Easy talked phase. about the fucking Layla damage. Easy phase, Layla. Why can't you kill it? Easy phase. What's wrong, man? Look, I mean, they, they, had, they only had two deaths. They had two deaths to... Um, this can't be right. Two deaths to Mortifaw, 19 minutes and 9 seconds into the encounter. I wonder if it's counting the... I don't know how ACT works, if it counts like before the countdown or something like that. Or 
It's possible that the 1830. See, I, I, I have my ACT segmented because I like to see. Oh, uh, it might be 1830. Okay. I don't actually know the full fight duration. I just know the actual lengths of each boss themselves because I, I view them individually. Okay. I, I only care about their individual enrages. Right. Uh, so 1830 was just a number I, I pulled, uh, you know, pulling those together. Um, I thought it was. If it if it goes if it's like in the 19 minute range, then no. Yeah, because they it's funny because they lost, and you can also tell. So I don't know exactly how Mornafa operates to an exact degree because I didn't watch 5150s. But it's interesting that it is the very last Mornafa that kills those two people. It's at 1909 and 1912, and 1912 was actually the time they killed it at. So they literally had the dragoon die. Which tells me that could be an enraged, an enraged Mornafa, which I don't know for certain, but that's all I can gleam out of that. And then it doesn't kill; it's not an instant hay. This that makes it sound like chain lightning to me. When I when I when I hear that, that makes it sound I like will, I will sit here none the wiser. None the wiser. That sounds like <laughs> chain lightning to me. Like it hit one guy, killed him, bounced the next guy, bounced the next guy, bounced the next, and then killed somebody on like the the fourth or fifth thing, because. I mean, but if it stops at any point, it, like, becomes a disaster. Hello, camera. Uh, but that's... Or maybe it's just one of the one of the issues where, like, we've seen throughout the... Apocalypse. I don't think we've ever one seen person... one ability hit and take three seconds to kill everybody. You know, like, how, like, people die gradually sometimes when you, like, hit in rages? That's what you're talking about? No, no, I'm just saying a general thing where one person dies and then it's a mechanic where it it requires certain amounts of people and then... Ockmorn no, is, uh, yeah. yeah. So it hits more like Ockmorn that hits more than once, and like some people live through the first one, but they die to like the second died. or third one, or mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And then it shifts over to the next person in threat or whatever. Man, that was always great back in the day with Ockmorn when like one of the tanks would eat shit, and then Ockmorn would eat the other tank alive, and then slowly one by one eat everybody because it, it was, yep, those are those were fucking fantastic times. And then Nidhogg that. brought it back. And then Nidhogg brought it all back. Mm -hmm. and that's that's all we know um so from your perspective how does the last phase stack up after everything you have to go to get to it um mechanically the last phase is pretty simple i feel um mm -hmm. i think that uh I, I you know i it's really something that, that people will have to see for themselves in terms of why it's difficult um but it, it is a fairly difficult phase to get through um, because of the uh, raw numbers required and coming at you. Um, and I think that's like the biggest, I guess, thing I can share about it. Um, mechanically, I think that most teams saw it two to three times, figured it out, and then they've just been banging their heads at it, against it, against it. And by banging your heads against it, you mean being consistent for 15 minutes, 15 and a half minutes yeah, that's, before you even see it. Exactly. That's that's the thing. Um, one of the things I tweeted about the other day is one of the reasons that Prague is going so long for some teams um, is the fact that if you think about the duration of this fight, you know, uh, upwards of 18 to 19 minutes, um, mm -hmm. it, on a really good pull, which is like a really deep golden Bahamut pull, um, you're only getting, on average, about three of those an hour. If you think about it, you know, you, you spend 18 minutes in a fight, die, spend a minute and a half to regroup, set up your markers and stuff again, then pull the boss again. You can do that about three times in an hour. And then that's all you get. You know, if you're only raiding for six to seven hours a day, that's 
15 to 18 holes on golden in that day. Um, and, you know, that's assuming those were all really good pulls and there wasn't any spaghetti anywhere. And that just does not happen. <laughs> so, I mean, the number of times teams see golden in a day um, is pretty limited, I'd say, unless you're, unless you're going the, the full 16 hours, which only um, two, I think, teams were for the second week. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, teams aren't seeing golden as much as uh, you might expect, I guess. Yeah. Unless you're playing really well uh, and you're like really rested and really focused. Um, In which case, yeah. you've beaten it and you're no longer going back to Tontania. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> which has only happened twice at this point. Alright, so that's so that's ultimate. That's the whole thing. T- a fucking nearly 20 minute encounter. It's exhausting, man. I'm speechless. I'm getting exhausted sitting here thinking about it and I haven't even started raid for the day. <laughs> yeah, you gotta raid when we're done. That's yeah. why we're doing this mm-hmm. show like at a time where I'm normally done with stream at 2 uh-huh. p.m. PDT. We started recording this at 2 p.m. PDT to make sure you had time to not only do this, which I appreciate, with end rest uh-huh. before beforehand. Which is a good thing it's not till five because otherwise you wouldn't be getting much time right about now. Yeah, I'll probably go lie down for like 30 minutes or something after the show and just recoup. That is a good call. That's a good idea. So, as a raider. You've got this encounter. You have seen all 19-whatever minutes of it. Yes. How do you even go into the next savagery tier? Like, <laughs> how do you even, how do you even, like, go, all right, guys, let's get excited for Savage. I, I joked about it, and it wasn't really a joke. I truly do feel that Savage content is just mid-core content at this point. Now, being mid-core um, doesn't necessarily mean it has to be bad. No, no, it does not. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I guess I, I thought that was understood, but um, if y'all yeah, clarify uh, that it's just a, it's it's like a it's a classification. It's not a it's not a class or a, in a hierarchy. Um, it's just uh, midcore content typically doesn't require the hours that more hardcore content does. And I personally don't think that Savage, the current tiers of Savage that we've seen in the last two tiers, have required much time investment. Um, so that's why I label it as sort of midcore. Uh, and I don't think that the future Savage tiers will be much different. I think that if they view this ultimate fight as a success, this is what we're going to see as a norm. I think that um, Savage content is going to be accessible, uh, albeit difficult, for, for the player base. Um, they won't just be able to one-shot it like they can normal modes, um, but that'll be like that'll be where you get your loot and what you grind for your loot every week, and it'll be, it'll be enough of a difficulty to remain interesting to, to, to most players. Um, and then for the people who really, really, really want a challenge, you know, that 0.1%, um, every six months we'll get... Uh, you know, seven titans to fight. <laughs> titans. It's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Now, going back to um, something we, we talked about the other week, or something we showed off, um, Frosty had a chart. Mm, okay. About, I don't you know, have the chart mental... handy right now. Yeah, you I, don't I, have I, to have it in handy right now, I but um, he had a chart about the mentality of how you felt about the fight as time progress oh i know I saw that. yes okay yeah yeah what, what's your level of optimism slash pessimism right now knowing that you're really close to to pretty much clearing this I'm, fight i'm dead on the inside dude <laughs> i'm just i'm dead um this fight uh i think so i've been getting a lot of like questions directed at me because um i think where people were where people became most familiar with me was mm-hmm. back when um we had success in gordius so that's what a lot of people uh, associate me with 
and I get asked frequently over the uh, over the last two weeks, I'd say, about you know how does this compare to A4? How does it compare to A3? Um, compared to A3, I think it's I think A3 looks like a joke um, compared to what we're doing right now. Um, A4 and this uh, are both extreme, both extremely difficult, but for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, the the machine gun pacing that that we're dealing with in Ultimate uh, A4 can't hold a candle to. Um, in that regard, A4 is is uh, uh, a joke when you compare to this. The the pacing of mechanics has never been has never been seen uh, like it like it's coming in Bahamut right now. Um, and I think that that's true across many MMOs. I personally feel that in terms of raw difficulty uh, and raw like uh, just personal responsibility and mechanical prowess you need to kill this boss. I, and I've done a lot of WoW rating people are familiar with. Um, this is the most difficult encounter I think I've ever done. Uh, and I, my opinion of that may change over time. But um, yeah, I, 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 when I, when I put everything together, I think that this is the most difficult encounter I've done. You, when you have a fight like A4, some of the difficulty in A4 was just the fact that you didn't have enough gear. Um, mm -hmm. And once you got enough gear, it became a little bit more manageable. Um, mm -hmm. I think A4, uh, a lot of it you were battling um, the fact that uh, Heaven's Word was a bit new as well. We weren't entirely proficient with what with tools we had available to us, uh, like like we like we later became. So you were dealing with that. So it's just like apples and oranges you can't really compare them and uh i've lost complete train of thought of why i went on this tangent so direct me back to direct me back home please slides question that's all you yeah uh i was asking what's your mentality is right now okay, what, yes, what like, level of optimism or sorry, pessimism I, I, do you have i, I think just, we've no, got no, our answer okay I think, are, I think the tangent that, tells us where you sit I, I, yeah, I went, I went yeah. off man. Um, no 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 that's okay Get a, get the jacket, dude. Like, what are you waiting for? You're losing your mind. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, th this uh, is a very difficult fight. But at the same time, I'm really appreciative of it. Um, mm -hmm. it it's, it's pushed me like no fight has in the last year and a half. And uh, I think that most players who get through it are going to say the same thing. Um, this, to me, really feels like, uh, like 2.3 did, um, where uh, at the Savage. beginning of the... Yeah, uh, where entering 4.1 and leaving 4.1, players are going to be entirely different, um, and it's going. Th this fight will change the player base, for better or for worse. It will change the player base. Humble some, empower others. Yes, because when people left 2.3, man, Bahamut didn't stand a chance the next no, match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got yeah. really, really good after after uh, Savage Escog. And then, you know, it's one of the reasons that FCOB, uh, the Bahamut tier, got five days. Yeah, damn, five days. Neo X Death took 16. You know what's really weird? I think Neo X Death is the harder fight than FCOB, but oh, by sure. gods have. Yeah. There's has... a couple reasons for it. We have CD yeah. resets now. And CD oh my god, that was where I was oh. going to go. That's exactly what I was leading with that topic, Layla. Yeah. You just took the words right out of my mouth. CD resets, and also um, people are just a bit more coordinated now than they, than they were back then. Yeah. So CD resets. I was just gonna bring that up. Can you imagine doing this without those? Because nope. I'd like to remind you that no. these are all three of like Twintania, Nail, and Bahamut were all encounters that 
were made and progged before yeah. CD resets were available. I think, um, the, well, I, I guess I, I want to quickly retract, I guess, my no. Um, I think it will, would be manageable for, like, the tip-top teams because um, what, what most teams are doing right now, like, to save money, like, I don't even pot anymore on Twin and Nail or Bahamut. Um, I, 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 only pot, I only pot on Golden. Cause I have 700 like, pots ready to go. Like, the other phases are so mapped out and so easy to execute that you don't need that kind of stuff to make the DPS checks. Um, and you really don't need cooldowns to make them either. Like, we actually pool all of our cooldowns. Um, not all, but uh, at certain points of Twintania and at certain points of Nail, we don't use any cooldowns just because there's no need. Yeah, I know um, people were doing that for, like, because Nail, you have, like, 15 seconds straight right at the beginning where there's, like, no responsibilities other yeah. than the Raven's Beak. So people pull them at the end of Twin to do that at the beginning of Nail. And then the same with yeah. Bahamut while he's doing Flare Breath pretty, and Flatten. Pretty much, yeah. I'd, I'd say pretty much. That's accurate. So, but even still, can you, like, CD it would definitely man. It would definitely suck um, for the earlier stages of Prague, I think. But now, I th yeah, that, that's what would happen. It would be really, really, really difficult to, like, learn Twin and learn Nail with, without CD resets. Um, but once you've got them, like, really well-practiced, you don't need CDs for them. You heard that, groups. If you're still using CDs on Twitania and Nail... I mean, you... you <laughs> have, no, you no, 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 don't... Still be available but, later. Okay, let me, let me be clear. And you're working on Bahamut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can use them because they'll come up later, but just make sure you need, have them when you need them later. Because yeah. there is a point where you actually do need them, and typically that you, that starts with like Terra Flare, that that sort of phase. Dude, I don't even know. What? I just want to do it. I want to do it. I gotta find a group that is going in every fucking day for twelve hours. That's what I need right now. Two weeks in, I don't give a shit. <laughs> find a bunch of I'll find a bunch a of no lifers. What a naive response. I know. You go in there for twelve to sixteen <laughs> hours, dude, and you come back and tell me how you feel. I would love to. I would. Lo I loved it for everything except A4. A4 Savage, I could not yeah, fucking... This is a whole nother beast, man. Damn. This is a whole nother beast. I'm ready. I'm ready. You take those 12 hours. I'll, do, I'll deal with my three days and three hours. And, and Dude, I can't. I'm feeling. My concern is that I don't... like. So, obviously, there's a ton of people in slice position right now where they're just in there for, uh, you know, single-digit hours per week. Mm -hmm. And my concern is, like... Can you beat it I, before 4.2? I, I don't think it's going to be possible to, to... I mean, obviously keep trying and prove me wrong, but, like, my my Will. my knowledge of, like, how how you're going to kill this fight mm -hmm. is you need to be chain-pulling to get as many Goldens in one day as you can and hope that one of those Goldens is is uh, the magical pull. And if you're... Like, if you have a limited number of hours per week, you're going to get very few Goldens. And it's, like... You're gonna have very limited time for the stars to light. It's not like you can just wait longer and longer into a patch, and you get more gear and you get stronger, and eventually your gear will help push you over the edge. Right. It's not like that at all. That's not even gonna be true in four point two. Four point two, you'll get through the phases faster with the gear from there. But if you can't do twisters on Tantania and you can't do fireballs on Nail, like you're yeah. fucked. I'm I'm um very skeptical about a uh, uh, you know casual unsinking. Oh yeah. Uh, so one thing that I really hope that they do, and they did—they failed this. Oh, uh, we had this discussion. They yeah. failed this with Escob. Um, one thing that I hope that they never do is allow this fight to be unsynced. Um, that will very much ruin this for me. Um, I'm trying really hard right now because I want to, you know, do this con content that I view as very prestigious, and uh, mm -hmm. it'll mean a lot to me to have it under my belt, and just like it'll mean a lot to everyone else who gets it. Um, and I felt like uh, the 
worst decision, one of the worst decisions they made for Rome Reborn was allow um, Escob Savage to be uh, uh, at, yeah, done at uh, unsynced with high high level gear. Because that really just took They didn't even time. item level sync it. I did yeah. it at 110 and then I did it again at 130. I'm hoping that they at least item level sync this. Item level syncing obviously isn't perfect in terms of how it translates. Materia, yeah. Um, yeah, materia and stuff and uh, just the overall scaling of things. But I, uh, it's it's good enough to where the fight is still going to be so difficult that it would still be very prestigious. Does that matter going forward with other ultimate fights as much though? Like if an ultimate fight's coming out every two patches, is it as relevant? that every single one of them remains at that point? Like, every... Because if you do it for I one, you got to do it for all of them. I mean, I personally feel it does, but okay. obviously people have their own opinions about it. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you can... I'm of the opinion that unsync it all you want. Like I said, if you can't do twisters, like, yeah, you'll get through those yeah. faces faster. It's if you fair. can't do quick march trio, you're still fucked. Like, the wall's going to kill you. <laughs> I guess, the, like, the, my issue becomes um, uh, what it will do to the final phase. Um, it'll, it'll make the final Oh, phase. you'll go into the final phase. You won't even make it to the final phase. Like, <laughs> unless he hard pushes at, like, a percentage, like, you'd probably kill him before he even gets there if you were, like, 5.0 item level kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, just thinking about that right now, I'm going to assume that you cannot kill him before Golden. I'd have to imagine there's a hard wall in there somewhere. Like, even if I it were mathematically sure, possible. I'm pretty sure if you get him to zero, he just stays at one. That would make sense. Until he actually yeah, turns Golden Bahamut. I'm pretty sure that's how Brute Justice behaves as well. Thornton, Thornton, behaves, yeah. Thornton behaved that way yeah. as well. People have skipped yeah, the yeah. second intermission of Brute Justice. I have, I have heard that. Um, I've never actually tried it myself because I haven't gone in there uh, undersized. But um, I've heard that people skip the second intermission and he... So... I would assume you just get him to one, and then maybe he... Well, Brute Justice is a little there because he still has another phase after that. Like, you can't skip Winged Justice. Yeah, I mean, it's... Without... I mean, it's... Without without giving away too much, it's not much different. Okay. Well, yeah, because... Well, I mean, Brute Justice recharges his full health... All right, well... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was like, well, it's got a little... It's a little... Di uh, uh, you know, that's still okay all right so that cover i can't think of anything else we've fucking talked about it for three weeks now i'm i'm spent on the topic You're i just want to do it i'm spent i just want to fucking do it i just want to do like, it and i like i i think from layla from what you're saying we we will have at least one day where we just have to read to our schedule and say hey we're gonna do like yeah, a full I, hardcore day of like eight hours or so just to get enough holes just, Once you get the fight like fully mapped out and you you feel comfortable with and you understand all the mechanics, like mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with it before then. But once you get to that point, I really do think that the best choice for people in your position is just gonna be set aside a Saturday, go eight to mm -hmm. ten hours and just grind it. And get as many golden Bahamas as possible. Yeah. Right. I like so, calling it that. Like, so again, we can kinda assume, and that's what I'm calling it right now, assuming. At this point, even mid-coring would be kind of difficult, but, like, you, you really, there's no way you can do this casually. Yeah. be discussed. Not without, like, an item level boost, I feel like, in any, in any like, timely mm -hmm. manner. Okay. I just wanted to go in, dude. I'm willing to do hours. Somebody else, some, some fantastic team out there will prove me wrong, make me eat my words, but it's going to be extremely difficult for them if they do. You'd yeah. have to be like 
skilled god tier and then watch the video and like map it out before you even go in that's, and that's one thing is you, you have to have somebody else map the fight for you and then yeah, you just right. go in and execute that yeah. that's the reality i think yeah okay so with that out of the way i th i think we're done i think are, are you sure are we done sure? slide do you have anything else do you feel i just want to do it that you're done or is the or is this show unending <laughs> I was okay. Yeah, I, was I knew it. I, mean, I we'll was probably... like, nope, nope. I'm I'm taking it. I was gonna use right. that one. <laughs> okay. I mean, once Mike and I are probably clear, we'll probably talk about our perspectives. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm not doing said, a whole like, other we... fucking show on my perspective. No fucking way. It's you, been you, three you sure, shows. You sure about that? You sure well, about wait, that? Well, I don't need. I sly. <laughs> I we we're not doing another show on Ultimate. Okay. Next week, right. Rival Wings is likely to come out. Right. Do, do like a reaction video to you know like a kill bot or something. Well, that's yeah, but I mean that's not a show. I don't need a show on that. They're like, hey guys, watch my kill bot. That, that's yeah. that's a segment. That's a, like our perspective is probably a segment, so it wouldn't be a complete show, but it would still be part of another show. I do have one final question for Layla though, and it's not about what he thinks on Ultimate and all that shit. It's one very simple question. Okay. Sure. Are we getting a thoughts breakdown video when you are done? <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And a live stream. Oh, yes. And a live stream. Yeah, I'll definitely so, be that a live stream. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I, I always like doing those. Um, people, I from what I understand, enjoyed the ones I did for Heaven's Word. Um, I didn't do one for Delta Escape just because personally I didn't feel it was worth the time. Um, this is definitely something I would want to like. <laughs> um, this is definitely a fight that i feel like would be worth the time so i would put something together. damn delta escape you got something for that sick burn there <laughs> apparently all all layla felt from, oh. from all layla felt from delta escape was emptiness yeah pretty much man I mean, right. like fold uh we, we, early on in our in our bahamut prog um fold was joking around about um you know us us going and doing our weekly clears and <laughs> I haven't done them. I haven't bothered in two weeks. I haven't done them in two weeks. And uh, we, were, we, were, we were describing what it, the experience of like going from Ultimate Bahamut to to like O one would be like. And it's like you're dealing with these mechanics coming you like one second after another, just machine gun rapid pace. And then you're fighting you're fighting O one, and it's like twenty autos, tank buster, look out, don't get clamped. It's like not even the same game. You, you sleep through it, O one. That's what those FF log challenges are for. Just need more crazy ones, like the one where everyone has to get hit by clamp. And... Watch I don't out, even think you can make. I don't even think you could like create something on the like with O one comparable to something like Ultimate. Like you would have to do a lot. You have to get really, really fucking creative and think of you know. Well, okay, don't move. During so you're not time. allowed to move the whole fight. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not allowed you can to only, move the whole fight. You can so only relocate get... with skills. <laughs> Coming back and doing O2. Watch out! Press the extra action button. Oh, you have six <laughs> seconds to press it. By the way, watch oh. your feet. Uh, and then you pug it, and you realize life is not so kind. Okay, I guess I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I pugged those for the first like five weeks of the expansion. So those were those were fun times. Those were great. It wasn't too bad. Nah, you're right. It wasn't the worst. Could have been. Yeah. Could have. It could have been. A lot worse. When, when there's a tier that's like huggable, you know it's really not that bad. 
Yeah, dude, you plugged 04 Savage. You should know. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. All right, so Layla, on this at this point, we're gonna do our outros. But I want your sure. outro. If you have any, if you have any, I don't want to say final words because it makes it sound like you're gonna die. I might. Man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I might, man. At the it's same time. time at the same time, you're going in again tonight, and it's been almost two weeks, so you might die. So, yes. Uh, do you have any final thoughts and uh, and uh, where people can find you at? One thing uh, I guess that I'll do in my outro that um, I would feel bad if I didn't is uh, I want to give a shout out to Lucrezia um, because they're not Lucrezia right now, though. Well, for all Lucrezia intents, Prime. For all intents and purposes, they're they're we're calling Lucrezia Prime. Um, yeah. Whether whether they want to call themselves it or not, I think they don't want to call themselves Lucrezia just because um, they're not being managed by by Darkwis Yuria, who is the who was the head of Lucrezia before, so it's you know different management. Obviously, they want to associate themselves differently. Um, and there's probably not even much management that goes into it. From what I understand, they're just a group of friends um, who do very well together. Uh, but uh, six out of eight of the members are from my old school rivals in Lucrezia, and I was really I've never been like happy to lose a race, but I was as happy as I could be to see that it was them who won. Um, because those guys are what really got me into them and BG are really what were the carrot on a stick for me getting into hardcore rating in this game. And to see them back was like, it lit a, a fire, a kindred fire in my soul and uh, just made me made me happy because it made me feel nostalgia, honestly. Because um, I, I like seeing them do well and I like seeing them uh, competing and stuff. To and... cut you off, I want to show the art of the Legend Returns real quick. It's fantastic, oh, right? Fantastic. It's really oh, fantastic. That's, for anyone who is unfamiliar, Lucrezia claimed world first on first coil, Bahamut. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, on the on the on second on most Final. of the Savage second coils, most of them, not all of them. Uh, I think three of the four. I think six was the only one they didn't world first. I actually and think that they might have world first in six as I well. Just never said anything. I think that um, what who who would be who would be the other group? Was it Collision? That would... I'm pretty sure Collision was the actual world so first of turn. What six. I I actually remember looking at this one night with Fold, and I I can't remember exactly. It was I it was either they were right behind Collision, or there was actually confusion, and they beat Collision by a few minutes. Is this um, where the meme came from? It's, it's one of the places. One of the places. I won't. I won't get into that. But um, yeah, I. What, what what we can say for sure is that they were the first team to four out of four. Yes. They yeah absolutely because they did six seven nine eight I think was. No, they did six seven eight nine. They went they went in order. They went in order. Didn't they have two different groups? That one group went to nine when that when they were in seven. I thought that's how they did it. I don't think that was. I feel like that was another. FC that was actually Death and Taxes. That was my FC that was doing that um, at the time. We mm. we split up the it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> um, I was back in DNT at the time before I joined Collision. But yeah, uh, Lucrezia World First, uh, getting four out of four second Savage titles. World First uh, Turn Thirteen, um, they and beat us. World Second and Gordius. World Second and Gordius, and then Anger uh, hopped into the. Oh wait, I, uh, who is World First of Midas? I retired them to League of Legends. What, who was world first of Midas? Was that yours, yours truly? It was you? You guys? <laughs> yes. I'm, I don't remember I'm, that for some I'm reason. I'm glad I'm so forgettable. 
I well, I mean, for me, the whole Midas race kind of didn't sit very like I like everyone. I just remember Gordius for what it was, and everyone remembers Gordius because of the whole sack strat when your video uh -huh. came out versus Lucrezia's final coil. Everyone remembers because it was like it was epic. I, it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was it was final coil. Uh, second coil savage is the same way because it was second coil savage. Um, and everyone remembers BG for Twintania because of the debacle with Twintania. Mm -hmm. uh, Nail BG because they were fuck fucking completely quiet until they <laughs> yeah. beat it first. Yeah. Um, like, it's just... But Midas just kind of, like, it was just a race that just kind of went normal. There was, like, it was so normal of a race, I don't remember the order of the kills. Man, maybe maybe from your guys' perspective. <laughs> I mean, just, like, compared to, like, the, the third, like, the, I was, like, just, when I think of it, like, Twintania bugged for two months, like, had to go offline because people were breaking it and twisters and all those problems. I remember Second Coil because it was the first time we had anything even remotely close mechanically in the game because it was brand new. Savage was the first time they did that. Final Coil was the last one. Gordius was a fucking shit show. And then Creator got railed on for being too easy. Yeah. So, like, all of them had, like, such external factors that, like, make me remember them. But Midas, it's just, like, Winged Justice was fucking amazing, and I just don't remember. I do remember having you on the show now and asking you about the fucking chair, but, um... No. Yeah... <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, yeah, the chair and, and and the whiteboard. I think mm -hmm. it was. Yeah, so I do remember those. I just didn't. All remember. Midas timeline. Yeah. Yeah, that's all Midas timeline. So I there remember a, it. Just don't. Re I didn't remember it till you said it. There was um. I I'll save this for another show because I don't want to take up all the time. But there was a lot that like went on behind the scenes during Midas Prague, such as uh, Square Enix screwing over all the week one groups out of sands and oils um, because they didn't set the loot tables properly. And then they had to hand deliver to teams that had already cleared, like, like, like uh, sands that they had missed, so that, you know, we could actually get our gear. Um, there was just there was a lot of like things that went wrong um, on from all sides uh, during Midas, from bugs to, uh, you know, things not working uh, properly in, in terms of loot, and then also massive disconnecting issues when the uh, the feast was being implemented in the game. Oh yeah, that it was that time, wasn't it? Yeah. Bit of a nightmare of a tier, honestly, but one of my favorite tiers. So. Yeah, um, I forgot where we were on topics. Oh, you were giving your uh, thoughts about Lucrezia yeah, about, about being happy of, of any place to of, of any team to lose to a group of mostly ex Lucrezia members was the perfect. Yes, team. that's where we left off. Yeah, very fond of them. Uh, they've always they've always done well anytime they compete, and uh, happy to see them. Hopefully, stick around. Uh, other than that, um, I guess my closing thoughts would be that um, I hope that uh, people are supportive of Square Enix branching out to a third difficulty. Um, Ultimate is not perfect. Um, I don't think they care personally. I th I think that um, I, th what, I think its name is Kenneth Sudo. Is that Ken Kenji Sudo? Yeah. Um, Sudo-san. I'm pretty sure that his intent uh, and and what he was told by producers is to make as many players suffer as you can and he's done a fantastic job at that so i tip my hat to him i love i love seeing what they're capable of honestly they've had they've had to hold back for so long um and and not be able to show us like what they can do when they you know turn the faucet on full blast and it's really fun to see just how difficult they can actually make something um so i hope that people are supportive of a third difficulty um it's possible we'll never see anything like ultimate bahamut again um, but if we do, uh, I hope that people enjoy it in some capacity, whether it's watching it on Twitch or doing it themselves. And yeah, 
I guess uh, time for shoutouts or no? Yeah, no, time for shoutouts. Yeah. If you're done, then yeah, it's time for shoutouts. Go right into it. Uh, I would like to obviously shout out uh, Elysium Free Company and uh, my raid team. Um, Elysium has been a huge support to us this tier, more so than any tier before. Um, uh, we've uh, we've had a lot of people um, basically supporting our. We, we've had a we've had a more reduced schedule than we're used to, so we've had to bring in some helping hands to uh, sort of combat that. And uh, you know, I would especially like to thank uh, Keo and John for putting in uh, extra hours with us that they have, and uh, uh, Goka for also being involved. And uh, I would like to shout out everyone who's enjoying Ultimate, like I mentioned before. And uh, I hope that uh, we have more enjoyable races in the future. And I, I hope to be a part of them. You know, I, I, one thing that I will say is that um, I was, it was a big question mark whether or not I was going to be a part of this, of this quote unquote race and whether or not it's devolved into something that isn't a race at this point and more just like getting across the finish line, which is what it kind of feels like. Um, I uh, am happy that. I am a part of it because I, I do think this is one of the best uh, pieces of content that they've put into the game ever. So happy to be part of it, and I hope that we continue to enjoy it. I was going to say something real quick there, and I can't remember what it was. It's bothering me. It had something to do about it being a race, and I can't... Oh, it was Yoshi P telling you you had to. But not yeah. For... <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was yeah, when I when I met him in San Francisco. Yeah, he said uh, so. World first, right? I remember you walking up to me afterwards and telling me, and I was like, so yeah, there you go. And he's like, I feel like I have to now. <laughs> <laughs> How can I not now? Like, like Yoshi I don't have, I don't I don't have a choice. Oh, Yoshi P, never, never, never stop being you, please. All right. All right. Now, uh, also oh. quickly, uh, thank you to you and Sly for bringing me on today. And, Thanks for uh, making time because I know that with the fight thanks. not beaten yet, that any moment not spent in there is one you cherish. <laughs> uh, we're we're not and able. Thank to you, out, so. and thank you for all the insight because, like, I've just been, I've really just been drinking all this in. You guys, because, like, like it. yeah, because I I don't I'm I'm obviously not hardcore hardcoring. Mike wants to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants to desperately hardcore this. I don't. I don't have the time. We're gonna have to set it like it's like you said. We're gonna have to set aside that day. When we get that close to where okay, we have to do like nine hours or eight hours or like just one Saturday or one weekend whatnot. But like I, I'm thirsty for like a lot of time into it because I feel like the the times that we've been getting as a static, you know, like. We could have, if we really would have hardcore this, we, we probably would be for a lot further on than we are now. Like, we're still in nail, we're still in the beginning phases of nail. And just hearing all the insight from what you've been seeing in not necessarily just nail, but in like the entire final phase, like, it's making me thirsty to really want to get back in and just like sink my, my teeth into the content. I tried to leave just enough for you to still. Thank you. Enjoy it as you go, yeah. <laughs> and, and sorry to everybody who wanted to hear, this is how this happens. This is how this happens. Sorry. That's still fun. I'm still ha I still haven't seen it. Mike hasn't seen, like, a few things, but, like, we still haven't seen a lot of the fight, and we, I, I don't know Mike, but I want to see it, like, in my own time. Oh, I want to see it in my own time, all right. But my own time hasn't involved actually doing the fucking fight, so I've... <laughs> 
It's been two weeks now. I've been in there for fucking like twelve hours total or some shit. Yeah, I'm dying. I'm dying. <sighs> at least I've seen Bahamut. All right, whatever. Sly, so just there fucking tell him at this point. Oh. Well, you, you can find me on Twitch.tv. <laughs> Damn it, Mike, Mike just sounds so fucking dejected right now. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> you can find me on Twitch.tv slash Sly, a.k.a. GrayFox. You can find me on Twitter at SlyTheFox. You can find me on Instagram at Sly, a.k.a. GrayFox07. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Velvet Room. Um, nothing really coming up other than, you know, a lot of GT Sport, a little, little bit of prog here and there. A uh, big schedule change coming up next week, but that's pretty much it. Nothing coming up. Big thing coming up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. All right. Um, Mike, where can... Where just can Mr. Happy127. Fucking anywhere. I don't... Just Google uh, okay. it. I don't fucking... Right. Just Google it. Just, fucking <laughs> just Google, Google it. Just fucking Google it. I'm not an ultimate... I'm not an, an, an unending right now. That's, that's, that's all you're getting. That's I, why he's so sad right now. He's I'm, not... I'm uh, just busy fucking playing dot .hack it, and fucking warframe and not do because when i log into 14 i'm just like oh great i'll go do my cogent beast tribes and then not do ultimate so i'm gonna log out now and cry pretty much it's been my experience for the past two weeks yeah right now my only purpose of logging in is ultimate i want that purpose (laughs) i don't even have that I, well, okay, let me do fucking Alliance Roulette on my Black Mage. Great, we got Dunscape, and everyone fucking fell off on the first boss. Great. That's my <laughs> that's my fucking life right now. <laughs> I want to do Ultimate. That's, that's what I want to do, and it's not what I can do. So instead now, and Final Fantasy 15 Comrades got pushed back to next week, and then Final Fantasy 11's 15th anniversary is this week, and it's like, I just want to do Ultimate, man. This is so bad. <laughs> And Layla's over here like, you naive fool. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what you're getting yourself into? I know. I've seen it. I don't want to do it. All right. On that note, though, I think we're going to get Layla. We'll go let Layla lay down before his prog and so I can get ready for for his stream this evening. Um, There's no post show this week because of the nature of doing the pre-recorded show. So uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, we'll see you next week where it's going to be one of two shows. It'll either be a PvP show with Rival Wings, if that gets confirmed as releasing next week. Or it'll be Air Zivia. Is it really around that time for Air Zivia? It's, we're, weeks, we're like three weeks late, dude. We usually do it after like the second or third week. We spent three weeks on Ultimate. Yeah. It's behind. We got to do it. It's coming. Okay. It's on its way. Thank you again, Layla, for joining us. Thank you. Go get some rest. Good luck finishing the fight tonight. I appreciate uh, it. We will see you next week, everyone. So bye-bye. See you next week. Hey, everyone. Uh, For the outro of the show, it had been almost two hours. And once again, the uh, message for the sponsors at the end should have done it at the beginning. But uh, doing a separate recorded segment here to thank those of you who have been supporting the stream over on Patreon. Uh, Over on Patreon, we've created an alternative for people to support the YouTube channel, especially State of the Realm and Mondays with Mr. Happy, uh, because of hashtag demonetized on YouTube, where videos are being demonetized en masse, and it is affecting the ad revenue that we earn from just simply producing content. Uh, I always like to be completely clear about this, that my YouTube channel has not been hit massively. I have found ways to create content in such a way that it is not a super hurtful thing. However, we've opened up this option, and people have been generally receptive to it, so that's why we've been doing it. I have the list of sponsors here. Uh, it's a new month, so if you notice your name's not on the list, and it was on it last week, it may 
maybe because Patreon didn't charge you. If you had to end your support, I appreciate the support for the show, however long you may have supported it on Patreon initially. So, uh, with that out of the way, we have our standard sponsors of Marsh Techie, Sour Cream and Chives, Elison Lior, Valestra of Fanfret, Renoit Chikara. I'm going to pull it up on the list right now so you guys can see the rest of them. Uh, Kiriyoshi and the Reckless Tea Party, free company on Cactar. Ignis Farragun from Diablo, Squisha Valfer of Siren. We have Jean-Francois, the Macho Lewis, Hirschfer, Shaferi, Phoenix Out, free company on Goblin, Saren from Zodiac, uh, and I think that is all the names. Yes, it is. So those are our standard sponsors, and then we can thank our elite sponsors. We have Krovos Moonscar, uh, Naku Niyame, uh, Janua Odin of Tonberry, Aqua Sacrifice, Obajil Shamsi, Spike, Rudy Rudiker, Nadian, Kuja Cross, that guy on the motorcycle apparently, Ahmed Kuranai Oni, Abdullah, Tin Colossus, Killer Hackman, Rawl Jr., Dark, uh, Darklight2013, Arthur Ramil Gaming Bishop, and Kiltastic Jones. So thank you again to Layla for coming on to the show. I'm doing this recording separately, so they're not here right now. And thank you to all of our sponsors and everyone who watches the show every week, whether it be on your iPod or on your Android device or on YouTube, wherever the platform may be. Thank you for supporting the stream every week like you do. Um, but we will see you next week for whichever one of the two topics we mentioned in the show earlier. And I will see you guys then. Until then, take care.